Blog Talk Radio.
Some people said that we should take the week off for the holidays. But it's Wednesday night, Hurricane fans, and there still is so much to talk about. Santa Claus is coming to town in a little more than 24 hours. But what will he bring for the Miami Hurricanes, who are out in El Paso, Texas right now, getting ready to play a high-flying Washington State team with a coaching and support staff that has no idea whatsoever if it will still have jobs when the plane returns to Miami on Sunday, with a group of players who have no idea what the future holds for them as well. So they have bonded together in the shadow of the Mexican border to celebrate Christmas, having as much fun as possible, and vowing to play for each other on Saturday. Meanwhile, Mark Rick's coaching staff appears to be slowly taking shape. Rick is believed to have won a bidding war slash hand wrestling match with new Georgia coach Kirby Smart for the services of Georgia running backs coach Thomas Brown, a former Bulldog player who also coached at Wisconsin a couple years ago. He is believed to have offered the defensive backs and special teams coordinator job to Todd Hartley, who was his director of recruiting at Georgia. Hartley coached defensive backs for two seasons at Marshall before going to Georgia to head up recruiting. We also know that Mark Rick's son, John, a quality control assistant with the Buffalo Bills, also will be joining Dad in Miami in an undefined role. But that's all we know right now, as Rick keeps this formation of a staff very close to the vest. We have heard that he might be searching the National Football League for defensive coaches. We'll talk about all of that and more tonight on a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest tonight two hours in Hurricane Sports. As always, it's your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. We have, as usual, more than 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in, participate, listen, whatever you so desire. Remember, if you want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad, and that'll send us a prompt. Um, that you would like to participate. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here's some of what they came up with. How long do we think it will take the players to learn the new system that will be instituted by Mark Richt? A lot of studying ahead for the Canes roster. What will likely happen is that the playbook will be distributed and, and players will start working on that in the weeks leading up to spring practice. I believe they are allowed to have some classroom sessions and, and, and things along those lines to start familiarizing the players with the playbook. And then once they get into spring practice, um, I would think that Mark Rick on the offense, offensive side of the ball will try to install as much of that system as humanly possible and get the players working on it uh, over the summer. Uh, these are guys who have played football their whole lives. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of similarities in a, in a lot of plays to some of the things that they've done under James Coley. So it might not be that hard of a thing um, or as hard as, as some people might think it will be. 
Are there any other junior college recruits right now besides cornerback Devron Davis, who's expected to commit to Miami in a few weeks when he makes his official visit? Uh, right now, we don't know of any other JUCO recruits. That doesn't mean there won't be. Um, it, everything's kind of open for um, evaluation right now in recruiting with the new staff coming in. Mark Richt has said that he wants his new staff to be active participants in deciding who Miami recruits uh, moving forward. So uh, even though right now we don't know of any other junior college recruits, um, about a week or so ago, we didn't know about Devron Davis, and then he surfaced. So uh, very possible that there could be another JUCO or two that might surface here as recruiting moves forward. You just never know with all new coaches coming in. With all the players returning from this year's team, can this be a 10-win team next year? Uh, well, I, I, you know, it could be, but I would caution everybody, you know, that this is a, gr- a group that won six games a year, a year ago, eight games this year, and really was not competitive um, in most of those losses, uh, with the exception of the Florida State game. So, uh, Hurricanes have a long way to go to get better as a team. Next year will be a whole new deal, and... What I would suggest is just sit back and let it all unfold, and we'll make those evaluations once they go through spring practice, see who comes in and recruiting, what kind of impact they have in the fall, and we'll have a better idea, obviously, next August what this team's going to look like and can better project what the record might be. But when you have a third-year quarterback like Brad Kaya, I will say this, you should have a chance in pretty much every ball game you play next year if the coaching improves on the defensive side of the football. Which defensive tackle recruits do the Hurricanes have the best chances of signing? Well, the answer to that one's pretty simple. Right now, none of them, which is why the position's going to get immediate attention from Mark Richt and his staff. Um, you saw on canesport.com today, we had a story about four-star DeAndre Christmas Skiles from Louisiana uh, who's pondering a Miami visit. He's a guy that the Hurricanes have gotten on since Mark Rick took over, and there will be more at the defensive tackle position. It's obviously going to get identified as a weak spot on this team, and Mark Rick's going to want to attack that immediately. Will Walter Tucker have a bigger role next year? Well, based on what I've seen, I'm not sure Georgia uses the fullback a lot more than what Miami has, so I don't know if I could say yes to that question. But Walter Tucker kind of got himself in the doghouse during the offseason and never got out of it and really didn't have much of a role this year. So it's it's hard to predict what's going to happen with him in 2016, but I wouldn't make any crazy predictions there uh, in any way, shape, or form. Is Mark Rick going to continue to cut the lower-rated recruits that are currently on the commit board to open up slots for his new staff? It looks like that's what's happening uh, from what we can tell. But it's not anything that he's going to talk about publicly. We're kind of having to kind of tie, you know, A and B together by talking to kids, seeing who's gotten calls. We're hearing certain kids have gotten calls and some have not. The ones who have not, the natural instinct is to take that as a suggestion that that kid might be subject to getting cut from the recruiting class. But Mark Rick did say that he's going to allow his staff to have input on all these decisions. So it might not be as definitive in reality as it looks right now because a few of those kids have not received direct phone calls from Mark Richt. If the current staff members are not retained, will it affect current recruits? 
it really doesn't look like it will. I, you know, most of these guys that are committed, I think, want to be University of Miami players, and I think they understand that there's a coaching change going on. And I don't think any of them are tied to any specific assistant coaches. And the greatest example of that, if, if it was going to happen with anybody, you would have thought it might have happened with Jack Allison, uh, the quarterback, and um, he's he's coming. So regardless of whether James Coley's here. So that's a good sign uh, for the players that Mark Rick wants to keep, and it does, does not look like anybody is uh, tying themselves to any assistant coaches at the moment. What redshirt kids have shown the most promise? Well, uh, you know, obviously Gerald Willis is the first that comes to mind. He had a redshirt this year. He's done very, very well on the scout team. And a guy that I'll throw out there just to keep an eye on is Bar Milo, and uh, those of you who know about Bar know that I mean he's got a game-ready body right now, and uh, with a full year in the weight room, he by spring practice he he should be stronger. And Miami really needs tackles to emerge, and I think Bar Milo is going to get every opportunity to develop into a starting offensive lineman for Miami in 2016. Will the athletic department finally secure the funds for an indoor practice facility? And could it possibly be built by August? Uh, I know they're working on the fundraising. I think they will ultimately secure the funds, but it is going to take some time. I do not see an indoor practice facility factoring into the equation for 2016. I think 2017 might be a much more realistic target. And finally, I'm asked to talk a little bit about Washington State, a team that everybody knows of because of their head coach, Mike Leach, a guy very popular in South Florida, a guy who spends a lot of time in the Keys. But it's not a team that anybody really knows anything about because they don't get to see Washington State a lot. Washington State obviously plays in the Pac-10. Most of their games are on very late at night if they're on TV in South Florida at all. If you have satellite, uh, you might have gotten to see them a little bit. Um, But really, nobody knows very much about Washington State. So let me see if I can fill in some of those blanks Uh, for you real quick here in the next minute or two. I could tell you that a year ago, Washington State was a 3-9 and football team and is a living example of how much a team can improve from one year to the next. This year they finished 8-4 and in the fourth year that Mike Leach has been the coach there. Uh, They lost their opener to Portland State, which obviously was a major blow for Leach and Washington State. But they got better as the year went on and even beat teams like Oregon and UCLA on the road. And by the end of the year, they really were considered the surprise team in the PAC 10. Um, you know, all about Leach's offense. He's, you know, gotten famous for his passing game. But the thing he probably didn't know is that when he goes into games, he really doesn't have that complex of a game plan. What he does is he'll put in maybe 10, 12 plays for in, in a given week from his playbook And he'll have his players really focus hard on executing those plays, uh, which, in his mind, allows them to be more efficient on game day. And um, they're known, you know, obviously for throwing the ball, though you'll probably see them throw it 50 times against Miami. And the big issue for the Hurricanes is going to be how their defensive backfield is going to hold up. And uh, Jamal Carter got sent home from El Paso this week, and that obviously wasn't a good development because that's one less body now that the Hurricanes have in the defensive backfield, uh, and those guys are going to be doing a lot of running 
around on Saturday night, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they hold up. But, uh, you know, Artie Burns, Tracy Howard, Corn Elder, uh, th- those guys, uh, and obviously, you know, B- Bush and Jenkins, they're going to be under a lot of pressure in this ball game with uh, Washington State's passing game. And the the big thing about it is when you stop these guys, even if you stop them on third down, you're not done yet. Because Mike Leach loves to go for it on fourth down. He's not bashful about that at all. They went for it on fourth down 36 times during the regular season, which was the second most of any team in the country. And the thing that was really impressive was they converted 25 of those 36 times. Um, so, you know, if you're defending Washington State and you've got all your all that pressure from the passing game, you have to be prepared to do it for four downs. And, uh, you know, even though they – they're statistically the best passing offense in the country, averaging almost 400 yards a game. They don't throw the deep ball a lot. This is a an offense that believes in the short to intermediate passing game. Uh, they believe in completing passes, not taking a lot of chances. They completed 68% of their passes this year. So they really like dink and dunk their way down the field. So that's going to be kind of interesting to watch as well. Um, in fact, with all that passing game and all the hype and everything, their average completion was 10 yards this year. And that ranked 124th in the country amongst passing offenses. So statistically the best passing offense in the country with almost 400 yards a game, but 124th in the country in yards per completion. Uh, Very, very, very bizarre. But my guess is that's just the way that Mike Leach likes it. And the other thing about this offense is it's it's obviously very one-dimensional. Um, they only averaged 79 yards a game rushing the entire year. So you're going to see them throw the ball pretty much almost every play against the Hurricanes. And uh, it should be an exciting ball game one way or the other. Um, obviously, the, it, it, when you throw the ball that much, it revolves around your quarterback. Uh, their QB is named Luke Falk, and uh, you know he had a – had a had a really good season. He's a very accurate thrower. Um, he, com- like we said, completed almost 70% of his passes, threw for over 4,000 yards. The thing that impressed me the most, even with all those passes, he had 36 touchdown passes and only eight interceptions. And he, he threw an interception only once on every 74 pass attempts. So, you know, very, very, very impressed with Luke Falk and the way he picked up Mike Leach's offense and executed it. And that's what the Hurricanes are going to have to deal with um, on Saturday. Top receiver to keep an eye on, Gabe Marks. He was the leading receiver on the team. He had 99 receptions this year. So if you're a receiver and you like to get the football, uh, this is an offense that you love to play in. Now, because the team is built so much around the offense, the defense really doesn't get a lot of recognition. But the real reason that Washington State was the surprise team in the Pac-10 this year is because their defense got a little bit better. Um, You're going to see them run primarily out of a 3-4 formation. Uh, A lot of nickelbacks, uh, they are a little unconventional in that regard. They love to play their nickel defense, so... You know, they'll they'll bring that in very often on second down. And they try to attack, 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 and make just enough plays on the ball and force turnovers. They know that they're not a great defense, so they take a lot of chances. Um, 
Now, the interesting thing is they've given up a lot of yards on the ground, almost about 200 yards a game on the ground. So I look for Miami to try to run the ball on Saturday night. Um, that That's what makes the most sense. You know, keep yourself out of negative plays with that gambling Washington State defense and just pound the ball down the field. It's been shown that they can't defend the run very well. They're also not very good on third down. Opponents converted almost 50% of their opportunities this year, which was one of the worst in the country. Um, so they do get burned a lot for being too aggressive, uh, particularly on third down. So I hope that gives you a little bit of a feel for Washington State and what to expect when you watch the Sun Bowl on Saturday. So let's get on with the show this evening. Again, the number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. Once again, hit the number one on your keypad if you want to participate in the show. We'll be here until 10 o'clock this evening. And let's begin tonight in the 757, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Oh, man, what's up, Garrett? What's happening, baby? Ain't nobody but the C-A-N-E-S, number one, baby. Kane Kane, how you doing? You ready? I'm doing Christmas? good, man. Happy ho- happy holidays, Kane Kane. Oh, man, happy holidays, all that stuff. Man, I've been working so much at Costco, back broke everything. Them people be buying some stuff. Hey, y'all keep shopping at Costco, man. You make that money from that. You get paid. Now, hey, I like the little thing that we're supposed to get the running back coach good. I'm sorry about Jamal Carter. Just don't know what happened and Engines, I heard it was eligibility problems. But hopefully, they get this stuff straight. Hopefully, everything will work out. And these recruits with the media, they get on the nerves. I, I like the young boys, and I like Hamilton and, and all of them. But you got to sit back and relax. The man ain't going to get in touch with you. You commit it to him. He ain't going to just not say nothing to you. He ain't going to want you. Eventually, he'll change it. Well, we're not going with you. We're going a different route. But just chill because, you know, we just got to get everything straightened out and do his thing and all that good stuff, you know. It's going to take time. Time and, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then I know, uh, I don't know who the B going to be. We already know it. You know, we just have to go for what it's, what it's worth, you know. Take it for what it's worth and take it slow. Now, on the other hand, hell no, Gary. I ain't going to be mad if Rich don't win, but that Coastal is not that great. We should win something next year. I'm not putting a lot of pressure on nobody. But with the talent that's on the team, with better coaches, they can bring the beast out of these boys. And we should, and you know, if we go to the championship and lose, I ain't mad. But I think we should win that coaster regardless of what we have because we have new staff. Staff changes attitudes. Players should change. We don't have that soft mentality. Maybe they'll come out nasty and rugged. Not like, you know, Odell Beckham and then when they were about ready to fight on Sunday. Not that type of stuff. But just bring some of that nastiness back. Play with more heart. So that's what we're missing. I don't give a damn about style. Because like I said, I'm 47. When we came up, it wasn't about style. It was about ballers, straight ballers. You played, you, you wanted it, you got it. And that's what happened. So, you know, hopefully everything will work out. And, you know, how do you feel about the game? I know I heard a lot about Washington State, and they did beat UCLA and some others this year. I mean, we got a good shot, or they just going to throw that ball down our throat and we ain't got a damn chance. Well, that's what I'm concerned about. I mean, let's be honest. You have a defensive coaching staff that knows – that they don't have jobs and you know they're looking for jobs there's word paul williams just got one at northern illinois and you know mark d'onofrio is looking for opportunities and you know the question is going to be how well can they prepare this team while doing that as well no matter how wonderful their intentions are and uh i don't have any predictions kane kane i really don't 
you know, it's just, it, this is not the best of situations for a team well, no, not to, best, like to prepare. Said, yeah, if Paul Williams already got a job, I'm, like, yeah, I'm just going out here. I'm here now. If I got a gig and the rest of them looking for gigs, they're not going to give 100%. So now it relies on the players, but then the players might be like, hey, they ain't coaching worth nothing. I ain't going to play worth nothing. But they shouldn't do that because they know Rich sitting there like, man, well, you didn't play that good in the bowl game. So what you think I should do with you? Oh, it was because of this. No, you got to play anyway. But I understand what you're saying, and I highly understand. But I know you got a lot of people online, so let me give my shout-out so I can get off this phone to Uki, Birdman, <laughs> crazy, uh, Black, Greg, uh, Joe. I missed, lost your number. You need to get back with me. Merry Christmas to you. See you on Tuesday and Wednesday. Until next time, guys, feed, be free, man, sugar, and cocaine. I'm out. See you on home. All right, Ken Kane. Thanks for getting us started. Let's go to the 404. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, what's up, man? How you doing? It's Roland from New Orleans. Hey, what's up, Roland? How you doing this week? I'm good, man. I'm good. Merry, Merry Christmas to you. Likewise, man, to you and your family. Um, quick question. Um, that defense and tackle out of New Orleans, uh, out of St. Uh what's, that, what's, what's the odds of Miami really ha- having a chance of really getting him? He's, he went to the same school we, you as Cornette. We don't know. And we spoke to him this week, and he seemed somewhat interested. He loves the city of Miami, but, you know, Miami's late to the game with him, and uh, they're going to have to do a lot of catch-up. And uh, But it can be done. I mean, I've seen it happen before in the month of January where uh, – Whoever the defensive line coach goes out to Louisiana two, three times, and the kid comes on an official visit, and he bonds with everybody, and uh, Mark Rick goes out there and sits down with his family and does his thing, and uh, so it, it could happen. The, the key's going to be they have to get him to fit a visit in. That's the key. Okay, okay. And, and if they can get his parents to come with them, that's even better. Yeah, and I'm telling you, like I, I you know I've said this so many times, but um, I know they got a whole new coaching staff coming in. But uh, Miami really needs to really spend a lot of time and try to, you know, pick and choose some kids out of New Orleans because you got you got so many athletes. I mean, just out of St. Aug, I mean, like I said, you got Tyron Matthew, you got uh, Fournette, you got that offensive tackle over at uh, 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 Carolina Panthers. You got you got so much talent, man, and they, the players in New Orleans got that same edge. South Florida, yep. it's very. And let me similar. tell you what else you got there, Roland. You only got one school you really you got to compete with, seriously, and that's but LSU. A, LSU takes whoever a, they want there, but there's more than those 15, 20 players that LSU takes out of Louisiana every year. But, but I'm going to tell you, when when when, when LSU, um, when Saban got there, that was the reason that the relationship with St. Aug and, 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 and LSU got cleaned up because it was a bad relationship prior to Saban getting there. And then you look at look – at, uh, um, uh, Alabama, Burton Burns, the running back coach in Alabama, he was a head coach at St. Aug. So all those kids, he's getting all those kids from Louisiana as well. And then you got Frank Wilson on the LSU staff. He went to St. Aug. You see what I'm saying? All that connection. That's why these kids are going from, from St. Aug to to um, LSU or, or, or Alabama or, or schools like that. Back when I was at, they, you had kids going to Florida State. You had kids going to Miami. And a lot of kids from Louisiana, that, that's all the reason. When Saban got to LSU, that's when things started changing. And Burton Burns got hired at Alabama. So that's when I think Miami really needs to really try to put a first footprint in, in, in New Orleans and a lot of these little uh, smaller towns in uh, Louisiana because there's a lot of athletes. And, you know, I mean, you see that. 
per capita, Louisiana, man, we got we got tons of players coming out that's that's going into the league. So um, I think that's that's something they need to focus on. Um, another question um, uh, with, with Paul Williams: uh, is he is he going to be coaching the bowl game? Or, or, or yeah, is he, is he yeah, okay. yeah, he's, he's, he's out. He's He's out there. He's been with the team all along. He, he'll definitely be coaching the bowl game. Okay. Okay. One last question. Um, as far as the defensive uh, coordinators is concerned and, and, and D-line D coaches, um, I think you mentioned – I don't know if you mentioned it earlier in the show. But yeah, you did. I mean, that, that Miami may be looking at uh, uh, guys more in the, uh, in the NFL as far as getting uh, you know a defensive coordinator and a position coach on the D-line. Well, we've heard that, Roland. Uh-huh. We've heard that, but but I would say nothing's definitive. Okay. You know that things can it, it can all change. I don't want to tell you that he's absolutely getting his defensive coaches yeah. from the NFL, but we've heard that's where he's looking, and and that's a lot of the reason I think why you haven't heard any rumors coming out of the college ranks about guys coming to Miami to join Mark Rick, and this is it's because he's not talking to anybody in the college ranks. You know, he was talking to a few of those guys up at Georgia. Um, but I'm not sure that he's talking to any, but any of these other guys. Gotcha. And last thing, I, a, friend, a good friend of mine called me a couple of days ago, and he said, man, the U is back. He's a big Georgia fan. He said, I'm going to tell you, the, the running backs coach that you guys got at Miami is, is a true. And then uh, the guy McClendon, who was supposed to come to Miami, but ended up going to South Carolina. Um, and then the other guy, uh, tight ends coach, uh, and the two, two guys in Miami, oh, Go ahead, I'm sorry. Come on, John John Lilly is, was the other one. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said, man, I'm, he said, I'm telling you, man. He said, yeah, but I don't think it's thing, coming. You don't think it's coming. I I, no. I think with Rick, if, if, if he can get some of those big D tackles, you know, from Georgia, from these small towns and outside of um, uh, Atlanta, these big, big 320-pound kids are just massive and you get them in the trenches and then – you know, get all this, you know, get all the real speed athletes in Miami. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, you're looking good, man, as far as uh, going into uh, you know next upcoming years. So, um, I think it's gonna all work, man. It's just a matter of time, and I think I think it's gonna come come together sooner than later. So, you can just put me on hold, man. I'm glad you're doing the show, man, and have a good uh, Christmas and a, uh, a good uh, New Year's. You got it. Yeah, we had to do a show. We could, there was no reason to skip a show this week. And uh, what I'm going to do next week is, just for for you guys listening so you know, um, on Monday I'm shooting up to Orlando for the Under Armour All-Star Game practices. And I'll be out there Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and uh, head back to South Florida. And then uh, maybe Wednesday night next week we'll do another show. We'll talk about the bowl game. And we'll, um, I'll be able to tell you a little bit more about what I saw up at the Under Armour game and what I, if I found out anything new from any recruits up there or anything along those lines. So, um, you know, our show will be Wednesday night again uh, next week as well. Hope that works well for everybody. Let's go to the 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once. You there? I hear you. I will call call back and try again. Let's go to the 845. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 
<clears throat> yeah, Gary, how you doing? Happy holidays, Greg. Hey, what's up, Greg? Happy holidays to you as well. Okay, I got a couple questions here. Uh, this uh, running back, running back coach that they're bringing in from Georgia, he's going to be the co-offensive coordinator. Is that correct? Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing that up. But one, one thing you guys got to understand about these titles. I mean, Mark Richt has already said he's calling the plays, okay? So he's going to rely on his offensive coaches to help him. He'll give them certain roles in developing the game plan. But by when he gives guys titles like co-offensive coordinator, it's often very tied into the pay scale of his coaching staff. So if somebody's at a coordinator level or a co-coordinator level, their salary will be higher than a coach who is just a position coach. So – you know, I don't think that that that, that Brown is going to be calling any plays or be solely responsible for the typical role of what an offensive coordinator would be. But he'll probably be a participant in that with Mark Rick, and giving him that title allows them to pay him probably at the level they needed to pay him to get him. So, how does that affect Coley? Do you think he has any chance of staying on? Well, we don't know. You know, everyone's assuming no, and and it might be no, but I, you know, we don't know who the other co-coordinator is going to be yet. <laughs> so, right. so, if if Coley is the other co-coordinator, it doesn't affect them at all. Now, you know, if Brown and McClendon had both chosen to come and they both were co-coordinators, I think it would have been safe to say that there weren't going to be three co-coordinators. But you know, at the same time, I mean, you can do a lot of different things with Coley. You can. Um, make him an assistant head coach in charge of recruiting. You, you can make him quarterback quarterbacks coach. And so th- there's a lot of flexibility if Mark Rick wants to keep James Coley, but we have not heard anything one way or the other on that. I just don't think people should assume anything. All right. And this other guy, Hartley, is he definite now? From what we have, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you've been on the site. You saw I brought him up about five, six right. days ago, I think it was. Um, as far as we know, he's coming. Um, but like you know, there's there's been nothing officially announced by anybody. Uh, and he, hasn't, he, has he, not, he he hasn't said a word. Really, neither is Brown. Nobody has said a word officially about any of this. But you know, we're, we've just been talking to a lot of different people and a lot of you know, and and it's what we've been able to put together so far. And other uh, entities up in Georgia have now started reporting the same thing. So we, 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 we believe that those two are coming. All right. Now, what's going on with this kid, Brady? He seems like a troubled kid. He's suspended again. Do well, you know what his sus- problem is now? He, he's been suspended, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't want to say what, what it is because, a, you know, if I'm wrong, I could be, <laughs> I could be sued. So I'm not really looking to do that. <laughs> but right. you could put, you could put two and two together. You know, what do young kids do that gets them suspended? You know, and right. and if they've been, and 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 if they do it a second time, the, the first time they get suspended once for one game, and then if it happens a second time, they get suspended for more games. So I think if I I think if you put all that together, you you pretty much know what what he probably did. All right, I got one last thing. I know you're affiliated with rivals, but why are Miami recruits always uh, more highly rated by ESPN and 247 Sports 
I'll give you an example. This year, Rivals has Miami with six four stars. ESPN has them with ten. That's a big difference. And then we in the 17 class, Robert Burns is the 20th ranked player in ESPN. He's only a three star with Rivals now. It's a big. I see that all the time with Miami recruits. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's largely a subjective opinion. I don't think it's a bias towards Miami by any stretch of the imagination. You know, m- maybe the, the the people doing the evaluations in Florida need to yell louder in the room for the guys that they're evaluating. And, you know, I don't really have an answer for you uh, on, on that front, but I, I don't think that there's a bias towards South Florida kids. All right, well, but, well, you know what? You know what? I I, I will say this here. I, I I do have a little bit of an explanation for you. The one thing I've noticed is South Florida kids, when they go to some of the different camps and things, seem to have a lot more entitlement than some of the kids around the country, and don't when they're in front of the analysts. And the thing about rivals is they see the kids face to face more than any other. Um, recruiting entity out there because we have all of these camps around the country. We have an affiliation with the Under Armour game and and Under Armour in general and are constantly running camps all over the country uh, during the the spring. So if they're going around the country and they're seeing different kids and then they come to South Florida and these kids aren't competing hard and they, they have a sense of entitlement and things like that, they're ranking those kids based on what they see. And I think some of these South Florida kids have hurt themselves in that regard. Um, in some in some cases, maybe they're not looking at some of the right ones hard enough. But like I said, it's all subjective, so it's hard to say. But that's one thing, Greg, that I, that I can tell you, because I've been there and I've seen it, that at these camps, so a lot of these highly touted South Florida kids tend to go to the camps with a very nonchalant attitude and don't really show themselves at their best in front of the analysts, and that can affect it. Okay. Could you just tell uh, D'Onofrio, if you speak to him, to come out in the nickel defense and don't get out of it the entire game? Please stay in the nickel against that team? I would think that would be the case. (laughs) Uh, I hope so. I can't imagine. against D'Onofrio is a scary thought right now. Well, yeah, you got D'Onofrio, who's got one foot out the door looking for a job also. So it'll be interesting. All right. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Gary. Keep me on hold. You got it, Craig. Thanks Thanks for calling, as always, and uh, happy holidays to you and your family. Let's go out now to the 850. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Yeah, this is Travis up here in Tallahassee, man. Happy hey, holidays. Travis, welcome back. Happy holidays to you. Awesome, awesome. In regards to the game, I've actually watched a bunch of Washington State games this year because I followed a few uh, Pac-12 teams. And, you know, they're pretty good, but they don't have, like you were kind of alluding to earlier, they don't have star athletes, you know. I mean, even though our defensive coordinator and coaches are most likely all out the door, you know, I, I think that our players just on sheer ability alone can go out there and hang with these guys. Even their best receiver doesn't have the speed to really even blow past the Tracy Howard. Um, And the fact that they don't run the ball, our greatest weakness 
is uh, pretty much in our favor, you know, because, I mean, if they actually ran the ball, they could get 300 yards right up the middle and, you know, crush us, but they don't do that. Um, in regards to some of the assistant coaching hires and misses, do, do you see the fact that Willie has – it seems reported that um, he has turned down the co-offensive coordinator job here. Um, do, do, do you see that as a big miss or – well, I mean, he's a veteran coach. That seems like a guy that would have came with Rick. He's a veteran coach. He's a good recruiter. But, like, is the Miami football program going to be in a compromised state because he didn't come join the coaching staff? No. I mean, I'm not going to say that. I mean, you know, he didn't want to come move down here. Um, Rick will go with somebody else. I don't. I don't see that as being critical one way or the other. How do you feel about Hartley as a DB coach? I mean, special teams coordinator is one thing, but a DB coach, I figured we could have did a lot better. Well, I was hearing rumblings earlier in the week of Lorenzo Ward and Corey Raymond out of LSU wanting to leave there because, you know, his job's probably on the line after this year when they fire Miles. Yeah, yeah it kind of surprised me a little bit, but there there must be a reason why Mark Richt is doing it. And my guess, and again, he hasn't said a word, but in analyzing it from my viewpoint, what I'm thinking he's thinking is that this guy was his recruiting coordinator in Georgia for the entire year and obviously was dealing with all the high school coaches in the state of Georgia and and getting kids to come to camps and things like that. And uh, my bet is that Rick is bringing him onto the staff to be the point person in recruiting in Georgia. Okay. It's a big advantage. You know, I mean, you come to Miami, you're the head coach of Miami, and obviously that gives you the automatic in with Florida recruits and South Florida recruits. But the fact that he spent the last 15 years up in Georgia recruiting that state and has relationships with all those high school coaches and players that have been coming to his camps since they're little kids and all that, I mean, that's a huge advantage for Mark Richt. And the state of Georgia is obviously a place where he's going to want to exploit that a little bit. And so it makes sense to have someone on his staff that has the connections to all the high school coaches in Georgia. And that might be why he might've been willing to sacrifice a little experience on the coaching side at one of his positions um, to, to have somebody on the staff that is so well connected in Georgia. Well, as long as you make it up in other areas, which, speaking of, um, the one guy from the A45 that calls every week, he always gets on a couple calls before me. He brought up a couple points I wanted to make. Um, James Coley, like, personally, the guy can kick rocks. I know he did a pretty good job recruiting, and he could probably do a better one, like you were saying before, that he was handcuffed. But, man, I want a total watch. I was saying that in the middle of the year. And so was everybody else. But as soon as Al Golden got fired, all of a sudden these love affairs with these assistant coaches that we have, the Kevin Beers and the – the George Baez and the all of a sudden Scott. Now everybody's got to go. They got to be fired. I'm sorry about it, you know, but like, I mean, no one's better than anybody else. I love Hurley Brown. Man, got to be fired, dude. He got to go somewhere else. You know, it's a, it's got to be a clean slate because this has been an utter failure. And with Mark Rick uh, and having the star power that we have with him, I mean, I want star. The, the thing that I always remember growing up and watching Miami football was if you were a position coach. You were in line to be a coordinator. 
If you were a coordinator, you were in line to be a head coach, you know, and, and now we don't have that. No one was looking for other jobs when they were here, you know, because they weren't good enough or qualified to go and get better jobs. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, Scott did a great job, but, you know, right now he's a tight end coach, and that's all he's going to be for the next four or five years. What do you think of that? Because, I mean, I, I don't feel I, that I the love affair with all these people, they need to – that they need to stay, all this current staff, Coley and Beard. I don't care if Sam Bruce does decommit because Beard ain't here. I mean, that that means diddly. We can always go get more uh, wide receivers. How many uh, how many posts have you put up this week about, you know, them going out and, and offering, you know, four stars and Amon Richards possibly coming back and, uh, you know, all, all types of kids that are all of a sudden interested in us. I, I don't think that position coaches and all these people need to stay. Yeah, I don't have any problem with what you're saying at all. I mean, I I do think James Coley has a lot to offer a staff uh, in the state of Florida with his connections in South Florida and things like that. But I understand the complication of keeping him. You know, Mark Rick might want to put his own stamp on Brad Kaya. You know, he may not want um, the teachings and the uh, impressions and things along those lines of James Coley to continue to affect Brad Kaya now that Brad Kaya is under his supervision. You know, you don't ever know what coaches are thinking. So, you know, well, I understand. Beyond that, he even said he wanted to coach quarterback specifically besides calling plays and running the offense. That was, yeah, I mean, he, he almost he, made himself a position coach. I mean, that's his specialty. You know, it's, uh, it's something he's always done done well at and something he enjoys and uh, so that's why it might be a little complicated for him to keep James Cole. Yeah, I, I see absolutely no reason for for that. It's a redundant role, other than the fact that he can recruit South Florida really well, you know. But I don't know. And um, only other things is, do you have any any players that we should maybe be keeping an eye on? You know, coming up in the next couple of weeks or whatever through the dead. No, it's, it's, it seems kind of odd to me that everybody's. Uh, committing in the last couple of days and we've been pretty quiet yeah it's a dead period right now and and i think right what, what's got to happen is staff's got to get hired then they'll get in the bunker for a few days they'll watch film on everybody they'll have they'll have a lot of recruiting meetings uh discuss who each guy can bring to the table from what they've been doing in their past job if they've been in college and analyze what they were doing up at georgia and and come together with a plan for the last three weeks of recruiting. Uh, so until that happens, I don't expect there to be well, much going on. Well, doesn't that seem weird? You said that earlier in the show, and it struck me as odd. It's like that he wants his new position coaches and coordinators to make their own evaluations and decisions on what players, but it seems like well, he, we're kind of dragging feet on hiring he, coaches, you know? He wants – well, not really, because it's a dead period right now, so you have time. I mean, if they're sitting there after the first of the year's – January 2nd, 3rd, 4th, you know, somewhere in there, and they've got their staff together, um, you know, let's say by Monday, January 4th, they're they're fine. I mean, they, they go to work hard that week, and by Sunday the 10th, I can pretty much assure you they'll have, a, they'll have their plan in place. I mean, it's not going to take well, forever. The, uh, I mean, you know, you, you well, know yeah, they'll, true, true. I mean, I mean, it'll take a few days, and they'll watch a lot of film, and they'll talk to the current people about what's been going on, and make evaluations on who they want to prioritize, and then they'll go to work. Well, when's the last day of the NFL season, if he, if he is actually looking I believe in that the last when we NFL could actually start hiring? January 2nd. Uh, January 3rd, rather, I think is the final day of the NFL regular season. So if he's got coaches that are not in the playoffs, uh, 
you know, theoretically, they could report for work the next week. So if we don't know that if we don't really have a defensive coordinator by January third or whatever like like that, then we know pretty much that we are going in the direction of a uh, My NFL guess coordinator, right? Is that even if it's a coordinator that's in the playoffs, when he announces his coaching staff, I think he'll name a defensive coordinator. I'd be very yeah. surprised if he didn't. Okay. Well, thank you for having me on. Thanks for doing the show so close to Christmas. You have a uh, great holidays with your family, and uh, keep me on hold. You too, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048. is the number. Remember, hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 770. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You there? Going once, going twice. All right, you got to call back. Let's go to the 754. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's happening, Gary? How you feeling? It's Jerome. Hey, what's up, Jerome? How you doing this week? Ah, uh, pretty good, pretty good. Merry Christmas to you and your family and all. Thank Enjoy you. the, you know, the holidays and a blessing you all. And I uh, hope the Kane Sports have a whole lot to say about the next this, uh, this new year, you know? Yes, sir. Hey, hey, uh, Gary, turning to some of the uh, defensive backs that we're recruiting, uh, a kid like Trayvon Mullen, who's a teammate of uh, Malik Young and uh, the, the receiver, uh, Benjamin, um, what, 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 do you, what do you think our chances are with somebody like Trayvon uh, Mullen? I don't think they're good because he hasn't shown any interest in Miami oh, okay. at all. Okay. You know, I mean, oh. I mean, we try to call him and, and see what's up, and you know he doesn't really respond. And Miami's never really been in his top group, so I would think Trayvon Mullen is a big time long shot. Okay. okay. But there'll be other guys because, that'll come to the forefront. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be other guys, I'm sure. Mullen, you know, uh, Young, I think, is one that could definitely land in this class. Uh, McCall Hardman out of Georgia is another one that I think could land in the class. I I think. Gary, it depends on uh, possibly a few more uh, coaches uh, from the Georgia staff coming. I'm a little surprised about the guys uh, Lily not uh, possibly not coming in. You know, because it's, it's, it's a lifestyle you know, decision. You know, he and his family just might not want to move to the big city. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, he worked yeah. in Tallahassee for a lot of years. Then he went to Athens, Georgia. I mean, they, you know, they may just not want to move to Miami. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. That's that's definitely his right, you know. You know, not want to, uh, you know, move here. Not everybody like it here, you know. And the slower pace uh, seems to be uh, uh, very fitting for a lot of the uh, some of the coaches, you know. But uh, with Gary, it's, it it kind of disturbs me a little bit, Gary, about the SEC when uh, you know uh, Will Muschamp gets another chance, and you know after failing at Florida and. And you see his behavior in the Iron Bowl. You know, I, I, that that bothers me, Gary. I'm, you know, I'm an African American, and you know, in this good old boy network that just, you know, suppresses uh, African American coaches from getting their chances uh, in the SEC. You know, that, that that's always see. I, I go way back because you know, I'm 57 years old. I remember when the, some of the first black players started playing. Uh, uh, Wilbur Jackson at, at, at uh, Alabama, you know, and, and so forth and so on. And, you know, it just, you know, I, I kind of, 
you know, it, it bothers me that some of them can, you know, they, they, they got that, they still got a little sharecropper mentality to me that, 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 that just well, turns me off some, somewhat. I don't you know? know if that's fair. It might, you know, what you're saying might not be fair. I mean, you know, we, we don't know the athletic director at, at South Carolina. I, you know, I don't know that, that anybody knows that he's a racist or has anything against black coaches. I, I think what we can very safely say is the guy's totally incompetent. I mean, who in the world would go hire a coach to be your head coach that failed in a better job in your conference and got I'm run out you. and got ran out the door? It makes no sense. You know, yeah. so from that standpoint, we know he's incompetent as hell. But that doesn't mean he's yeah. racist. Well well, Gary, I I don't like to throw play play the race card. I I really don't because I I do believe in, you know, being accountable and everything. I, I do. I, I understand that very well. It's just that it's it's hard now with, when I see a, a, enough qualified African-Americans what Will Muschamp is getting, you know, even after they fail. You know, they don't yeah. they don't get a, ch- a second chance in a conference like, not even, don't even mention a conference like the SEC. So, you know, I, I didn't mean to turn this into a racial conversation, but, but there, that that's, you know, the, the, you know, I get to see some coaches, uh, that 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 you know go go down here with Miami. To me, they always have been ahead of the curve when it comes to racial relationship. Going way back with Ray Bellamy, and and I remember when Kerry Baker was quarterbacking them way back in the seventies. You know, and, and and you know, you know, we 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 crossed those bridges with with uh, 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 Randy Shannon and so forth and so on. You know, I'm just saying we we crossed, and I'm proud of the University of Miami for that. You know, well, that, let, that, that, let's that, hope you know, what happened in South failed. Carolina. Let's hope that what happened in South Carolina is more incompetence than ra- than racist, and yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and and just move on from there. So, what else you got tonight? Well, Gary, what do you what do you think about uh, the defensive lineman Gary? Is it a chance? Uh, uh, I think he's from New Jersey. Yeah, is I think he's going to you Michigan. Know. Michigan's doing a great job, man. They're they're, yeah, they're really yeah. Michigan is doing a great job in recruiting. I'm pretty sure that he's going to Michigan. I mean, we we wrote about I'll tell you another one the the defensive back that we wrote about the other day. Uh, last name's Hill. I forget his first name. Um, he's another one. Even though he's going to visit Miami, we think he's going to Michigan too. I mean, Michigan's doing a great job in recruiting. They got the money, dude. They could, they got the money as far as paying those coaches and everything. And I just hope. This is where we rise up to the, the, the staff. I know it's a little frustrating to see the staff having coming on, but we got to wait till the bowl games are pretty much over and, and see what, what what he comes up with. So, you know, from there we'll, we'll you know we'll find out from there. But Gary, you think you may be on next week? Yeah, next Wednesday night we're going to do a show. Um, okay, I'm, well, Gary, I'm going to be at the Under Armour game uh, practices on Monday and Tuesday. I'll be back Wednesday and we'll do we'll do a show on um, on Wednesday night. Okay, well, Gary, I, I appreciate you so much, man. You know, you you really, uh, you you know, you do you do the cane lovers a big time. You know, you show them a lot of love, and you do them a, a big favor when you have this show. It's just great. All right, man. I'm glad you like it, and have a great holiday. Okay, keep me on hold. You got it. All right. Again, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Remember, hit the number one if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 706 now. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? This is Sebastian. How you doing? What's up, Sebastian? How you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. Happy holidays to you and your family. Same to you, sir. Okay. Gary, I had a couple questions. I'm just looking at the Kane and 
how they're setting up their coaching staff, some players that we're looking at. What what can you tell me on the offensive line side of the ball? I think when we look at this year, we can see that we really have some deficiencies in that area. And so I'm looking at the offensive line recruiting, and, you know, we really don't have any players kind of committed on that level. So, you know, when I look at Niang, Reese, and I think Tatum, what do you think our chances are being able to land all three of those guys or even some of those guys? I mean, other than Tatum, I, I'm not sure that they've been recruiting. And I guess Jawan Taylor, who was committed at one point, I'm not sure they've been recruiting offensive line that hard because they have so many players at that position right now. But uh, I think they need to upgrade it. And, and it, it's going to be interesting to see what Mark Rick decides to do. I mean, they do have a lot of young guys that have been signed in the last year or so that are sitting there. Um, some of them... I think could develop into players, but not enough of them. And uh, I think it needs to be addressed. So uh, I'm waiting anxiously to see what Mark Rick does. Yeah, I'm really, really concerned about that position because even what we have coming back next year, you know, we just kind of just get, we just really just couldn't really win at the line of scrimmage on the offensive line, on the offensive line side of the ball. And I don't think we need to put that much pressure on Tyre, you know, coming back. Um, what do you think of our chances of being able to get Dave Wiley, the running back that's out of Texas? That is, if there's any recruit I want to get this year, that's the guy I want. Yeah, I think the chances are great. You know, I mean, they had him committed to Georgia. Now you got the, the coach that was at Georgia yeah. here and the yeah. head coach here, and he's going to visit. He, he decommitted from Georgia. So I, I think there's a great chance he comes to Miami. Okay, then, man, I would tell you, I'd be jumping for joy if we're able to kind of pull that together. Now, um, you know, I was a, I was not critical of Mark Rape when I started looking at his coaching staff as far as some delay in trying to get certain coaches in certain positions. But I think if he goes to the NFL route, I think it's a positive on two fronts, and I'd like to hear a comment on it. One, when you get a coach from the NFL, when this guy goes out recruiting, he sits in a person's living room, and, you know, a lot of South Florida kids have aspirations of playing in the NFL. So now you have a coach who has coached in the NFL, sitting in your living room, I think that's very appealing and very, very enticing. You know, recruiting is a dog-eat-dog world, but, you know, credibility and experience means a lot. What do you think about that? Well, the thing that has not worked well for Mark Richt is hiring rock star defensive coordinators. You know, they they come in, they got one eye on a head coaching job, um, and it just it hasn't gone well for him the last few years up at Georgia with uh, Todd Grantham and then um, – mm-hmm. And then Pruitt, who was a total disaster, who was sabotaging him, yeah, and now is going to be at Alabama, where he's not going to be able to sabotage his head coach. But, but uh, you know, so I I wouldn't be surprised that he's decided to go to the NFL ranks, largely for that reason. Go get go get yourself a a solid football coach who understands X's and O's, who understands what you got to do to defend people. And and bring him in and give him the keys to the defense because you're an offensive-minded head coach and you need somebody that you can count on in that spot that's not backstabbing you. So I think it's a good route for him to take, and I agree with you that it, it, that those kind of guys can have some credibility in the homes in recruiting. So I'm anxious to see who he picks. Yeah, we haven't heard a thing, uh, not one rumor or anything. It's amazing. Well, I, I'm I'm thinking. You know, it may be unfortunate, but I think a lot of the people that's on the staff may not be coming back, and I think Rick was probably smart just to kind of give them some distance, some space, just to kind of coach, just to give them an opportunity to coach this team. 
because they recruited these kids, they coached these kids, they recruited these kids, they sent these kids homes, they got a bond, they got a relationship with them, and if this is going to be their last hurrah, why get in the, why get in the way of that? You know, no Rick doubt knows about he's it. Going to be the coach next. You know, Rick knows he's going to be the coach next year, so why get in the way of that? You know, I so agree. I think that's a good plus on plus on his part. I think that's yeah, a I don't think, I'm, I'm sure they're but I'm sure they're all very anxious out there. Uh, I'm sure they're yeah. you know. They're out there with their families. They don't know if they're going to have jobs when they come home. That's not yeah. a good situation. But at the same time, I'm not sure Mark Rick could have handled it any better and in any other way. No, I think he's, he's a classic guy. Like I said, I'm from Georgia. Like I said, I, I know I know personally he's recruited a kid who, who, that I know pretty well. I know his family pretty well. And um, he's always been a classic. He's been a gentleman. I was in the office today, and I was just telling him I'm so glad that, you know, well, you guys let Mark Rick go, so we were able to get a hold of him because I think we're going to win in that particular area. So my my other comment I just wanted to say before I go forward, before I end the call, is um, I just want you to just think about some kids I think we need to close out on. So I'm going to give you some names, and you can just comment on see if these guys we can get. I think we need to get Armand Richards. I think we also need to get Benjamin Vicker. I think we need to get Young, the cornerback. I think the surprise would be like if we got Devon Whaley and we got McCole Hardman. I think those would be two awesome guys. I'd love to see us get Jordan Woods, the, de- the defensive end that's from Marion. I think he's a sleeper. I just really, really do. I think he looks like a Butch Davis type of a kid that we could get. And I really think we need to really come out with two of those offensive linemen that I talked about earlier, Tatum, Reese, or uh, Niang. I think if we're able to come out with those guys, I think we'll be okay. Because I really believe our, our really, really recruiting launch is really going to be next year. When you have a coach in place, when you have an opportunity to kind of build those relationships over the course of a year, it's kind of fresh. You know, I think he can really, really make some strides on that. So if you could just comment on some of those kids that I've just kind of just named as far as what our chances of getting them or any other kid that's probably out there that we can kind of get before the end of the recruiting season that we can close out very, very strong. I appreciate that. And right, well, Whaley, we talked about. Happy holiday. Thank you, Whaley. We talked about. Uh, you uh-huh. know that he's he's probably going to visit, and uh, they they got a decent chance to get him. Uh, Amon Richards, I personally think there's a great chance that he ends up back in the class. Um, so okay. I agree with you. He's definitely one to watch. I'm I'm not as convinced on Benjamin Victor. Uh, so you know we'll see how that plays out. Uh, the offensive lineman, I, I've always felt that Marcus Tatum had some interest in Miami. Um, I'm not sure that Miami's going to rise to the top on him. We'll have to see. Uh, but he has said that he will visit. Um, mm-hmm. Reese, I don't feel very optimistic about at all. Because um, it's I don't, I don't, I'm not sure where he's going to go. I just have never felt optimistic he was coming to Miami. He's never really shown much much interest. Uh, Jordan Woods has told us that he will visit, and Miami mm-hmm. is in his top four, so I think there's a decent shot there. And is there anybody I'm leaving out? Um, I talked about uh, uh, Young, Malik Young, the defensive back yeah. from Copeland Creek. Great that, shot. That decommitted. Great shot. Yeah. Great shot. He'll be visiting, awesome. he'll be visiting also, me, and yeah, me, great shot there. Let me squeeze one last thing, and then you can just put me on hold. Could you just talk a little bit about when you go to the Under Armour game, what are you going to be looking at? What are some players you're going to be looking at? And uh, what are some players that's going to be at the game that you think Miami may have a shot to pull? And just put me on hold, and then I'd like to hear what you have to say that to the Canes Nation. So I think that's going to be because I'm really interested in the Under Armour game. 
right, the guys I'm mostly focused on seeing up there are going to be uh, Jack Allison, um, Patrick Bethel, Sam Bruce, Deontay Mullins, Whaley. And then there's a, a corner that Miami offered this last week, Carlos Becker. So um, those six yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Carlos yeah, Becker, yeah. Those six guys are going to be my focal point um, when okay. when I go up there. You know, I'm going to try to you know do pretty extensive interviews with them and spend some time getting to know them and and and, and so forth. Now, another guy I'm going to check on is Nate Craig Myers. Uh, he is I've spoken to him in the past. He has shown some interest in Miami. It looks like it's kind of cooled. I want to just get a real a real good read with him on whether Miami is is still in his picture or not. And you know, then there's just some other kids up there that we're not sure whether Miami's on their radar or not. So I'll just you know be probing around. And uh, the good thing is we get to do interviews with every kid that comes and as they check in and that sort of thing. So uh, I'll be just looking to get a feel for whether there's any of those other kids that are the top national recruits that are now considering Miami that maybe um, nobody really realized it to this point. Awesome, awesome. Well, Gary, you have a Merry, Merry Christmas. Keep me on hold. Let's give a shout-out to Jim Laranega and the Canes basketball team for just representing and being ranked number 13 in the nation, which I think is under-ranked, but we're not going to complain about that. It's what you get ranked at the very end of the season that really, really matters. So go ahead and give him a shout-out and just keep me on hold. You have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and just keep me on hold. You got it, man. We can give Laranega two shout-outs because that team looked really, really good yesterday in their game against LaSalle. And uh going to be a lot of excitement to the ACC basketball season this year, I think. Uh, a team, the Hurricane team, that does not look like it has many weaknesses, that's got a lot of depth, a lot of versatility, that can match up to any type of opponent, uh, can hit from the outside, can hit from the in- can drive to the basket, uh, very efficient offensively, and they're getting better and better defensively. So I, I just think this is a, a really good team, and it's going to be a very exciting ACC basketball season this year. And uh, let's hope they get it done. Let's go out now to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on? Who's this? It's Ross, Jersey. What's up, Ross? How's everything up in Jersey? Oh, that's right. Um, getting a little Are you, cold. You and Al, you and Al Golden gonna have a Merry Christmas? You're always trying to get on me about that. You know, I don't like no Al Golden. Well, you know you that's know where I he don't. is, right? You know he's up there now. That's, yeah, that's fine. I yeah, mean, he, he just stay up here. Went back home. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's fine. He just stay up here. Um, you know, I got no interest in Golden. He's he's terrible. But um, nah, you know, one of your call. I got a couple of points if you could let me. One of your callers called and said um, he wants everybody thrown out and fired to have the job at um, on staff. What he got to keep in mind is it's nice to have new blood, a new situation, but you do want to keep certain relationships in the South Florida area. And you don't want, to, even though they like Margaret, you don't want them saying, well, this guy came in and just threw everybody out. You don't want that. You want to keep, because then those are the guys that can come back again. I've always preached it. Those are the guys that can come back and hurt us recruiting-wise. And, and um, those, that's important. It's very important that we, we, we'll be able to recruit the guys in in the neighborhood, in a sense. And you don't want to piss these guys off to where they feel like you, you turned your back on a few of the guys that they have a relationship with. You could talk on that. Secondly, um, 
strength and conditioning and the offensive line. I just hope he doesn't make a mistake there. I hope he doesn't make a mistake there because those are things that um that's very, very, very important because we we, we got dominated on both sides of the lines. Now, I'm going to let you go ahead and speak on those two first, and then um I got like probably one or two more. All right, well, in terms of guys being kept from the former staff, I, I think that there's there's a, a fine line there, and I think there's a balance. And I think he, I think it would be a good idea to keep a couple, but I also think it would be a good idea to for some change to come into this program and some new ideas and and fresh faces. You know, it's been a rough ten years. Let's let's be honest, and uh, I, I think that a different outlook and approach would be very beneficial for the program and the kids. And, you know, you hate to see any of these guys, they're all good guys, um, lose their jobs and be looking for work. Um, but that's part of the profession. And, and the, the the reality of the deal is that it hasn't been successful here, not just in the five years of Al Golden, but the five years before that. And uh, I, I think they really could benefit from some fresh faces in the program, so I don't know that he's going to keep that many guys. I really don't. I'm no, I'm not saying to keep many. I'm saying you keep your one or two. I mean, you got to yeah, find. I agree. So you got to find Kevin. You got to find something for Kevin Beard to do, and and, and maybe either Larry, um, Scott, or, or somebody. One or two more, maybe three, but not 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 all of them. By no means. I just don't want guys to come back. And hurt us recruiting wise. Well, he's got Getting tough decisions. Very Getting tough decisions to make. Well, speak a little bit on that offensive line and that strength of condition. And like I said, I got a couple more. Uh, it's obviously been a problem area, you know, and uh, I don't know that you blame Archeo for all of it. I, I, I you know, I, I, I think that the, you know, recruiting has never been his number one forte. I, I, I think that. He's a guy that needs better recruiting support from the other members of the staff. You know, it, it is what it is. I mean, everybody's got their strengths, and Art Kehoe's been a, a great soldier for this football program for many, many years. But if you're relying on him to go out around the country and go toe-to-toe with, you know, Alabama and Florida State and Auburn and all these schools for the top offensive linemen in the South, uh, you're not going to win a lot of those battles. Well, I wasn't thinking about, I wasn't thinking about keeping him. By all means, I'm one of them to think that it's time for him well, to go. Well, but he might get kept. I mean, listen, he played with Mark Richt. I mean, they have a relationship. Uh, and that's probably the toughest decision that Mark Richt has to make right now. And I wrote about well, this a week ago. Well, if he keeps him, if he keeps him, and I know you say, what do one really have to do with the other? But if he keeps him, he has to do something about the strength and conditioning because I think that's, that's falling off. You know, that's fall, we're falling way behind in that department also. Yeah, these are all evaluations that he has to make, and you're absolutely right. I mean, these are tough, tough decisions that he, that he's facing. And um, the the one thing I did say when I wrote about this a week or two ago was, if he decides that Arquijo is not going to be the offensive line coach, I do think that Arquijo should have a job of some sort in the University of Miami athletic department for as long as he chooses to keep, to keep it. Yeah, he could be like a special assistant to the head coach, or maybe a great ambassador. Whatever they want to do, whatever they you mutually know. agree upon, but don't don't put the guy back out on the street like he did the last time. Oh no, I, I, I you know I have a problem. I'm sticking around and being an ambassador. Uh, that, okay, yeah, that was um, not, that, but that wasn't cool what they did to him the last time. Well, it, it's was, one thing okay. to, it's one thing to say, hey, 
we want to reassign you. You don't take a guy that's that's done everything that the Archeo did for the program for so yeah, many they years. They kind of blame him and, and Coker. I guess Coker was up against it. He probably had his hands forced a little bit, and they was making radical decisions then, and um, obviously it didn't work out. And um, we did okay with a few guys, like the guy that we got from Michigan State. He was around for a while, and then um, I think he moved on. I forgot where he moved on to. So we, you know, we we did okay for a while, but I know what you're I know what you're getting. At. Hey, want to jump to something else real quick? Um, can you give me like the, the one caller before? He, he had a question for you, but I'm going to twist it a little bit and actually, you know, bring it to you this way. Can you give us a couple of guys that because on on signing day is so important, it's such a big deal. Everybody tuning in and everybody's running their TV and they're watching. Is there a few guys that you could say, well? Can we win? Can we beat a Florida State, a Clemson? Uh, um, you know, I, I don't really think we compete against Florida. We do, but I, we're not going to face those guys if they go to Florida. They're going to face them in the game, in a sense. So, what, what are the guys out there, the three or four guys that if we could flip them? We could flip them from their commitment from, like, say, Louisville or maybe a, a Clemson or a Florida State that we have a good shot. So, is there anybody in about three or four guys that you know? Well, let's see. Let's start with Florida State. I'm going to pull up their commit list here. Um, and the reason and, uh, I ask that, that would be a really nice start. It would be a really nice start for you know, I mean, the region. I, I don't think Jamel Cook is out of the question. You know, he he's one. He's at the safety out of Miami Central. If they decide they, they want to try to compete for him. Um, I don't think he's out of the question, but I don't really see too many other guys on the Florida State commit list that I think Miami is going to, you know, suddenly go toe to toe on with them. Um, let me switch over to the to the Florida commit list. I mean, you know, uh, Jawan Taylor maybe since he was once committed to Miami, but I doubt it. I mean, usually when kids decommit and go somewhere else, that usually they stay at the, at the second place. I mean, MacArthur Burnett was a kid that was once, you know, very interested in Miami and ended up on Florida's commit list. But, no, I mean, I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think that, that you're going to see that happening. Well, let's just, I mean, we're going to have the normal signing days and ceremonies. We're going to watch them, you know, the guys that we already know that was coming. That would be, it'll be an okay game. I think that would make us fall somewhere. Gene, and, and I was just hoping that as a guy, you know, guys flip. They flip. They flip on signing day. And I was hoping that if we could start winning some of those on that particular day, it would go a long way. But the I just don't, I just don't see year. anybody on there that is going to become an immediate target. I really don't. Okay, well, you know, it's a, it's a thought, and hopefully that we could do that. Hopefully, we could we could get in there and and, uh, and flip a kid. Maybe maybe it doesn't have to be a Florida State or a Clemson. Maybe it could be um, a kid that was at maybe Texas A and M or some something of the sort. Something out of just you know we thought the kid was going to go there, and then you look up and he's he's committed that day, and then you like. Well, okay, I, we I, I think you're that. seeing that a little bit already with you know. Um, with Young on the in the defensive backfield, who was who was committed to Georgia, um, I mean that that's one. 
Uh, yeah, but that's kind of like something that he, you know, that's kind of like, as to say, that's kind of like something that he's already, he, he plant that seed, is, it kind of he's growing the, the, the weed or a tree, and it's going to be his, and he can walk out the yard with that one. He's leaving the house, so he took he took, he took that, uh, you know, he took the flower with him. Uh, and he kind of made that himself. I, I'm talking about coming to town, coming in with his guys, they start recruiting, and they I get mean, a couple Christmas guys. Giles, the defensive tackle from Louisiana, I think is another example that of, of a kid that you know was was looking elsewhere that now might be able to be interested in Miami. So there'll be some that pop up. Okay, well, quick, you know, uh, another quick thing. I know you probably. I'm not sure how you're going to be answer this. I know it was a time back then when you did a live show. I know it was kind of connected to like on um, five sixty. And you had Lamar Thomas. I know he's he's coaching at Louisville, but would you ever do um one of these live shows again, maybe on the internet to a point? I like we... I, I like this better. I, I I like this way better than over the air radio for several reasons. Um, I feel it's more personal. We don't have to have all those commercial breaks. But you know, when we go on QAM, I mean, we do an hour on QAM, and in reality, it's it's like thirty minutes because they have. Five, you know, four or five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll just, I, commercial I'll just breaks and, know, and, 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 and I, you know, I, my feeling is all you guys end up doing is sitting through commercials, and I, I don't want to so, do that any, anymore. You know, I, I like so this. Was, this was this was a great idea. I mean, yes, you, you know, you're, you're going to have a you're going to have a show after after signing day, right? Like maybe the next yeah, wherever that no, falls, we'll, right? We'll have okay. one the night. We'll have one probably the night before signing day, and we'll probably have one uh, the day of signing day. And um, yeah, I mean, this just gives us so much more flexibility. I think it's much more personal i i think it, it gives you guys a you know more of a voice and and you know we can make a podcast out of it and put it on itunes and uh do a lot and of things true. that doing a show on over the air radio doesn't allow us to do and i just didn't like the fact that you guys had to spend 20 minutes out of every hour listening to commercials good point good point you know good point two more quick ones um you know you always have the idea of um you know getting some of these about the stadium, about getting some of the guys, um, the teams, Pop Warner or Osman Ball that you guys, you know, they call it in Florida, where to get that that area, the stadium, you know, a little bit more um, attractive looking. I, mean, I think there's going to be some enthusiasm anyway. I think Mark, Mark Rick is here and people are going to come to the game. But I think that the team itself, the organization um, itself, needs to do more in the community to get some of those kids to the game, the, the younger kids get some of that excitement back. Um, yeah, no doubt. You know. And then they need to close the upper deck end zones and only open them for the big games when they can sell those tickets. The, the crowd's yeah, too exactly. spread out. It's point, you know, put put some nice-looking tarps up there, dress up the stadium, make it yeah. look like Miami, a Miami stadium, cut the capacity to 50,000, and I think you'll be okay. And, well, you know, I know that you, I know you'd probably rather do this right after the game than before the game, but do you, you know, are you – do you know if any of the kids that's probably you already know that's going to be transferring out already? That you know you don't have to probably give a name, but you say, oh, no. "Okay, well, guys, we don't know of anybody know right now that's transferring out or being or going to be asked to." Okay. There might that be a few help. now, you know, but I don't think it would happen. No, we in need mid-term. that. We actually no, come on, we need that. We have guys. Yeah, but I don't think it'll happen in midterm. I don't think it would happen before spring practice. Okay, because I wish it does, because it'll free up some spot for us, and we'll be able to use the um, the scholarships. Because you know, some of these guys has been on here long enough, and it's just you know, it's ridiculous. Well, that's about it. I mean, happy holidays. Well, you might have some guys that are told that they're not going to be given fifth years. 
that they well, use those that. that they use those scholarships now in recruiting if they can fill them. I'll take that. I mean, I'll take whatever you know. Is, is, is he could come in and, and get rid of. I mean, it literally, there's guys on the team that does not deserve to be, you know, in uniform, and and they're standing there every 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 Saturday or whenever we're playing, and it just looks bad. And we we did all this work to recruit the kid and get everybody excited, and you know, you know, we're putting all this work, and at the end of the day, the kid comes and he's not playing and he's not being registered. You know, take a guy like, you know, we got guys that are leaving the program that we forgot that he was even on the team. You know, this, in this ball game, there's going to be guys that's going to be playing their last game, and they did not make an impact in the program. Mm-hmm. So where we say, okay, that's, this is going to be a hell of an NFL play, and we're going to be proud of them. And I think, you know, it's going to change, but I'm just saying that's just, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about that. So we might as well go ahead and get them out of here now and free us the spots. Well, that's it for me, man. I just, you know, just wanted to see if you knew any of any transfer or any, um, you know, strength and conditioning guys that we're going to – we need to switch that because our, our, our strength and conditioning was terrible this year. And, then, you know, we need to dominate in both sides of the, um, the line. And, um, you know, it, it's funny. Strength and conditioning is one of the most polarizing subjects in this program. You know, you have Swayze. You look at that. You know, a lot of the former players love him. They come back to train with him. People talk him up all the time. But then, well, you think he'll go for a guy that's like an assistant? You think he'll, he'll he'll go for this where, you know, maybe maybe some of that stuff that Golden Board in the pillar of building them, you know, you know, the Utah. I think we was getting guys way too big, way too slow. So maybe if he could plead his case and say, listen, I was only following my leader. He said he wanted these guys to be put on pounds and be built a certain way. Normally, that's not what I'll do. That's kind of like throwing, on, throwing him on the bus, but he's fired anyway, so what difference does it make? And maybe he could save himself that way. Maybe that's the case, but if that's not the case, he needs to go because it's not working. I got friends that's mocking me that's telling me, man, you know, we don't look like a team out there on the defensive and offensive line. It looks terrible. Well, I don't disagree. I, I mean, if you put Miami up front next to teams like Michigan State, the, the successful teams, Michigan State, Ohio State, Alabama, you put them next to those teams at the line of scrimmage, and it's a, there's a noticeable difference. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, you got the game that's starting. The game is coming on. They start putting faces of the offensive linemen up there. You know, we know the faces, but then when we start looking at them body-wise, we don't see guys that can pull, pulling guards, pulling tackles, guys who got, you know, you, you just look dominant, fired up. I hate to go to this, but there's, um, I think he's in the league now. I remember, I remember watching the Florida State game, and I hate to bring up Florida State because I disliked him so much. But the one guy was just so excited to get to the get to the next play. I think it was, he won number 75 last year. I think he was just excited to get to the next play and get to the next play again and get to the next play again. And he's the guy that I think he was playing guard or tackle, and they had to switch him to center. And he was just—he played. He was just excited. Yeah, I remember good. who I remember who you're talking about. I don't remember his name off the top he of my head. He was just foaming at the mouth to hit somebody, and I'm like, we yeah. don't see that. You know, the one guy we had, we had to—you know—we had to come with the team this year because you know he was a little too talkative, and you know he was a little outspoken, and, and we had to let him go to get from Georgia. You know, he kind of the only one that kind of came close to being like that fired up. I remember how he performed in the um, the Nebraska game. He was trying to—he was looked up at somebody's butt every play. But we need to get that back. We need to get guys that's going to be foaming at the mouth, 
at the charge and ready to knock somebody's helmet off. And, and I don't see that. And, and that's what we need to that's what we need to fix immediately. So that's why All I right. keep bringing up the good thing condition event. So you know. All right, fair All enough. Right. You have a, a a great holiday with your family. Yes, and see if you can get some tidbits from um, the Honor Armor game, and we can use that. We need some excitement. I like to flip a few guys and, and, and win that way, too. Sometimes you got to win in the recruiting ranks, too. We try to we, we got to flip some guys, man. I get some guys, you know. I don't want to flip the South Florida and the FIU guys. I want to flip the Clemson and the Louisville and the Florida State guys. That's what I want to flip. All right, Gary. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Yeah, keep me Merry up. Christmas. Keep me up. I will. Keep Merry Christmas. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. we got about 35, 36 minutes left tonight. Let's go to the 407. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is Mark City Kane. What's up, man? How you doing tonight? Man, I'm great, man. I stayed listening to your show first time, first time calling in, but I listen every night. And, man, I'm just here to say, man, I got a couple questions, man, you know, because I fought a lot of them on young guys on Twitter, you know, and, and the guys that we have now that Mark Rich is out there, you know, they're, they're kind of excited, you know, they they got off for Miami. So we got a very high, high chance, you know, to flip them guys, you know, if we get them on the recruiting. You know, and um, another thing about the coaching staff, I, I want to say, you know, I feel like you know, Mike Rich is a great coach. You know, he knows he know what he needs. He know his mistakes from the past, and you know, by me listening to this guy, he's not willing to make the same mistake that he made at Georgia. So you know, I'm very confident that he's gonna bring in a great defensive coordinator. You know, it's good to be patient. It's good to wait and see what he got. He always has. I mean, he has a track record of always hiring quality coaches. The hires haven't always worked out for him for different reasons. You know, like this Pruitt hire backfired on him. But Jeremy Pruitt was one of the, it was and continues to be one of the more highly regarded defensive coordinators in college football. So you can't knock Mark Rick's hiring. It might not have been the best fit for him and his staff. But, I mean, Mark Rick has a track record of finding and hiring good coaches. Exactly, you know. You know what? One of my favorite things I thought uh, I was hoping he was looking at, but I see that he already got hired. You know, Boston College is Boston College is the coordinator. You know that guy had Boston College in the top top five defensive ranking the last three four years. And you know, and he was snagged up. But I really believe that he seen these guys, and he got he got some better in store. And we're gonna be very amazing. You know, wait. Uh, he know. Believe me, that Maurice has studied all film. He see our weaknesses, and he know what he got to do. And I also believe that he see the talent in them guys too. I believe that's what the reason why he he took the Miami job. You know, I feel like Maurice is something like a a Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson just wasn't gonna go take any any uh, NBA job. They have to build a job that he. He seen they were gonna fit to make him look good. You see, he went from Chicago Bull to the Lakers. So he had a Kobe. He went from a Jordan to a Kobe Bryant. You know, and I feel like, you know, that's why Miami was so interested. He was so interested in Miami because he understand the talent 
that Miami had. And we're going to see a big difference. You know, I tell a lot of these guys, you know, you know, around me, you know, I got a lot of Florida, Florida State guys, a lot of Florida guys. I said, y'all going to be surprised. You know, we've been so mediocre over the years, you know, people just don't believe that the program could be turned around. But we're going to shock the nation, man. And I can't wait to see it. All right, sounds good. Anything else you got tonight? No, man, I'd like to say, man, Merry Christmas to you, man, and all the listeners on the phone, man. Y'all have a nice holiday. You know, everybody be blessed, man. So you can put me on hold, and I'm going to listen. Thanks for choosing to be part of the show tonight. Let's go to the 530. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, this is uh, this is Josh, uh, fifth-time caller from California. Hey, I got a question about uh, a couple of questions, but Anthony Moten, I keep hearing, you know, we have problems with defensive tackle. Anthony Moten was the number seven, the seventh highest rated defensive tackle in the class of 2014. He was a four-star guy, 5.9 rating. Like, I mean, is he not going to work out? Is he not as good as we thought, or what? Hasn't been to this point. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't mean he won't be before he's done, but he hasn't been to this point. And he, to me, he's a casualty of the lack of willingness by Al Golden and Mark D'Onofrio to redshirt kids. Anthony Moten never should have played as a, as a true freshman. He should have been in the weight right. room, get, getting stronger, developing his body, and getting ready for the college game. And he should have been a redshirt freshman this year. And when you're a redshirt freshman on the defensive line, you should be a backup who plays a couple plays a game, not a guy that's being counted on to be a dude. And uh, until they start running this program properly and handling personnel properly – you're going to see these underachieving stories continue. And now, hopefully, with a new head coach coming in, it's all going to start changing. Yeah. It's hard to believe he's going to be a junior next year. Yeah, I mean, it's not just <laughs> him. I mean, how, how about yeah. Chad Thomas? I mean, Chad Thomas right. is not even, hasn't even really started playing yet. He's going to be a junior. Uh, yeah. You know, it, I mean, even Dion Bush. I mean, did Dion Bush oh, have no, to be it went way too fast. I mean, Way too fast. What is he like? He's graduating without having really made a mark on the program, and he's a, potentially a really good player. But he was never yeah. developed properly. He was thrown out yeah. there as a true freshman. All he knew how to do was try to make a big hit. He messed up his shoulders. He, you know, spent most of the next year with injuries and things like that. You know, these kids haven't been developed properly. Right. Well, hopefully, Chad Thomas will. Hopefully, both of them will do better under a four-three defense next year. And they did it again this year with Kendrick Norton. Kid had no business being out there. They didn't need him. They absolutely did not need him. He didn't impact the season at all. Yeah. I mean, it's it's criminal what they've done. Some of these kids really could have been very good players. And the best thing that happened to Muhammad was that he had to be forced to redshirt because, you know, he's a guy that next year as a junior has a chance with some good coaching to be a really good player. Yeah. Um, hey, I got one more question. Uh, assuming I'm assuming that Artie Burns is going to come out and uh, Cornell is going to stay, who do, what do you think is going to happen? Who's going to be the other corner? Uh, uh, you know, on the other side of Cornell, there is it. Are they going to move Jaquan, Jaquan Johnson from safety to corner, or I don't think so. I mean, going to be right Michael now, Jackson or somebody else. Yeah, I mean, with 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 the qualifier being this new coaches coming in, and um, I think you got to look at Red Wine. I think you got to look at. Michael Jackson being in the competition. 
Um, Ryan Mays will try to be in the competition there. Uh, I would guess those are probably the, the three guys that you'd have to look at first as 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 being mm-hmm. in the front line of, of the comp of the competition there at corner. Hmm. You think that I, if you know, we were lucky enough to get? I don't. Yeah, I'm not a big Terrence Henley guy. I, I think he's too small. Right. If uh, McCall, if we're lucky enough to get McCall Hardman, do you think he could start as freshman? I think he could walk in. Be the best athlete at the position from day one. Yeah. So can he start? It depends on how quickly he picks up the playbook and the techniques and all that. But I mean, he he would be the best athlete at that position from day one. Yeah. Okay, well, that's all I got for you. I'm a so, big uh, yeah, Hart. Uh, I, I, I love that kid. I mean, that kid impressed me from the first second I saw him at the Rivals Five Star Challenge last summer. Um, had a chance to visit with him briefly um, when he was um, in South Florida, and I'm very impressed with that kid. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll have a good chance, you know, with Mark really being our coach, because in the past, yeah. Couldn't talk to in him the past, long, Really not yeah. allowed to talk to those guys. It's 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 against NCAA rules. So, you know, I mean, he said hello to me, and I said hi to him. But that was basically it. But I mean, we talked to him after the visit, and really nice kid. He really liked Miami. He kind of cooled off as the season went on. But with Mark Rick coming in and the relationships there, I gotta believe that that's one they can revive a little bit. And uh, he'd be a great get. Great athlete. Great competitor. Yeah. A lot of swagger. I mean, he epitomizes what everybody believes Miami players should be. Yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah. I mean, hopefully, some of these five-star players will will uh, give us give us more of a chance, you know. Because without Golden, a lot of those players wouldn't even give us the time of day, you know. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, that's all I have for you. So, I uh, hope you have a merry Christmas. You too. Thanks for being part of the show. All right. Let's see. We got um, we got about twenty-six minutes left. I'm, I'm taking a look at the board here. Um, still got. As of right now, about eight guys sitting there that want to be part of the show. So let's try to keep our comments as concise as we possibly can. And uh, something weird just happened here, so give me one second. The board board just went haywire. Um, Go next to the 678. You're now live on King Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on? Doing good. Who's this? It's Kane Junkie. What's up, Junkie? What's up? How you doing? Man, I'm good. I'm good, man. Eating, drinking, being married. Um, <laughs> I had a question about, uh, like, a lot of people saying that, you know, Miami late to the game, but they're entertaining Miami. Like, it's one of those things, you know, you know, we late to the game through the culture. Uh, we talk about players like Moulton, like Bush, you know, not being developed, being juniors and, you know, looking like red shirt freshmen, really, still looking like, you know, I, we keep talking about something. I've been one to say, hey, Swayze might need to go. But then when you think about it, what you just said, uh, what other callers are saying, you know, if if you put in juniors on the field who should be red shirt sophomores, but they, their bodies probably look like red shirt sophomores or look soft, true sophomores. Then you could say, hey, look, you know, it's not really falling on Swayze. It might be falling on development. We did have a coaching change for a reason. 
you know, not just wins and losses because we are an eight-win team this year. Um, so it's more to it than that. A lot of these players saying, hey, Miami late to the game, like they expected something different. It, to me, it seems like, you know, with these big-name people who getting in the game late, like the Carlos Beckers, like uh, well, the tight end out of the question, um, Cole Hartman might be back in the question. They have to understand it and realize that's that's part of why we had a coaching change, right? Like we know we're late to the game because of this reason. Like even Florida, uh, with with um the new coach up there, they were late to the game with Jordan Scarlett flipped him. They were late to the game with Antonio Callaway and all those guys and flipped all of them. So you know, I don't understand that part of it. Like. Is it, is it more so I don't want to go to Miami because of other reasons and I'm going to use the uh, Mark Ritt being late to the game? He's been in Georgia. Is that like a scapegoat for players who well, really, you know? I don't, think it's, I don't think it's like they've lost so many kids to this point from the southern part of the state. I mean, they really haven't lost that many kids. I mean, most of the kids are not committed right now. But they're not even – they're not really considering us. Like, really? Well, they haven't been to like, this point, but, like, you know, take a kid right. like Ty Young at Miami High. Who's to say that they can't go get him interested? You know, I, I mean, I'm just saying there's, there's a, there, you know, I mean, somebody mentioned I believe he, I believe he or Kane Law, just to be honest. I don't oh, believe, I don't believe that to this point. I don't believe I don't, his people going to let him go out of – I don't believe he'll be like that Michigan. I don't believe his people is going to let him go to Michigan. I, I just don't see Pi Young playing in Michigan. Yeah, I, I just don't, don't see his his fam letting him go way to Ann Arbor to play football when his family is here in Miami with a new culture change, so there's no excuse. You know, if anything, it would be Florida, Florida State. But if Michigan is the team we have to contend with, that's all on if Mark Rick wants. Yeah, I don't know. That, that was a little bit of a goofy one, man. I don't know, you know, he 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 that he's been like on the radar, off the radar. He's kind of disappeared a little bit. I don't know what's up with Pai Young, to be honest with you. What did the season look like? Because I'm in Georgia, so I don't really get a check on the Florida. I mean, you know. nothing, nothing like out of this world or anything. I mean, you know, he's not in any. All, I don't think he's in any all the All Star games. I know he's not in the Under Armour game. I don't believe he's in the Army All American game, but I'd have to double check that, but. So why is he a must-have? Like, why is he one of the players that – is he like – Well, he might not be. I mean, Miami hasn't been treating him like he is. Yeah. Um, with the coaching uh, with the coaching staff, right, um, I mean, I know I, – I trust Mark Rick, you know. It's, it's, like you said, his track record speak for itself. My thing is, um, would it be such a bad thing if he went and got guys who was like previously on this on this staff in Georgia and it didn't work out? That like in Miami, that's a totally different like situation. Like what happened in Georgia wouldn't happen to a Martinez in Miami because uh, it's a whole nother animal. And when you're talking about you know being successful, he he wouldn't have what they call a down year because when Miami is successful, the players just they're gonna roll in. Um, what what would be so bad about a Martinez? Like, what 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 what's the big deal with not wanting Martinez? But like to me, that's a home run hire. Uh, I DC. think people see him as being somebody that really 
didn't succeed at a spectacular level in his previous defensive coordinator stints. So they might be looking at him as a little bit as, you know, going back to a but place. But we got to understand, Georgia wasn't Georgia when Martinez – Mark Ritt had just gotten there. And they beat – they, you know, they, they were they – were, that was a quality team. They had two, two years where they could have been playing for the title. Um, one when they dominated Hawaii, that was a dumb ball game. They should have never been in that ball game when they when Hawaii had the little quarterback that they hyped up. I can't remember his name. Something cold. Uh, dang, what's the little the the quarterback Hawaii had? They Georgia dominated them, and then Georgia beat Florida State in the in the I want to say the Sugar Bowl that year, and then Pat White uh, beat my beat Georgia on that fake punt. Pat White and um. Slayton, Steve Slayton in West Virginia when West Virginia were making noise like uh, Martinez really I mean the dude to me that would be a home run higher for Miami I mean the think that we're going to get a DC out of the NFL or uh, a linebacker coach to me that's just like how Fitch was when when, Jay, when we had Jay our offense you know our offense was pretty good but it, we knew it was a matter of time. Then when he left, it's like Stephen Morris went from a spectacular year to down in the dumps. Like, we were comparing them to Ja'Cory Harris. Yeah, but didn't they I get rid of Martinez because he, he, he wasn't quite good enough? I mean, isn't that why they got at, rid of him? At Georgia, at Georgia, when he's playing against – well, he was playing against the Spurriers of the world, the, the Urban Myers of the world the savings of the world. I mean, he was playing against heavy hitters, and Georgia was still winning 10 games. Like, I don't get it. If Miami, he'll win 11 games. And our offense is always – we're going to have offense because we'll always have the skilled players. If we get good coaches in Miami and we are winning games, we're going to get the skilled players in the state of Miami. And that's period. It's always been. I mean that's I, that's my thing. That's all I really have. I just want to know like why isn't Willie Martinez considered the home run higher for us? I mean that's a home run if you look at it. And all right, with fair. our DBs, yeah, you don't fair believe enough. that. No, I, I I don't really have an opinion on Willie Martinez. I just you know I, I know that I that he had to, that he had to get rid of him at Florida. I mean at Georgia. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to listen to the show, man. You know, I mean, I personally would like to see him shoot higher than that, but we'll see. What's higher, though? The, the get well, I, don't, I, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think we'll, I think we'll make that judgment when he, names, when he names his defensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of coaches out there, you know? Yeah. We don't know who he has in mind, so it's hard to judge until he, until he, he names them. But what we'll he judge. Was, like he was, he was saying he wanted to build a staff, you know, because he wanted to build like, like, like longevity, so to speak. He wanted to build the program up. To me, it looked like he's not shooting for guys who want to build their resume, who want to get hot and then find a new job. He's not looking for guys who want to use Miami for a stepping stone to land a head coaching job. You only know like, two out of nine right now, so I don't think we know what he's shooting for. To be honest with you. But Thomas Brown and Hartley let you know, like, 
No, I mean, Thomas Brown is a young coach who people obviously have high regard for. I mean, Kirby Smart wanted to keep him. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's like, so, I mean, so so you know, he he's, he's a young. He's nowhere near ready to take on the program, so he's going to be in Miami for a while unless he's yes. fired. Hartley yes. was going to be in Miami. His son yes. is going to be at Miami. Yes. Uh, you know, that's what I'm talking about. He, that's what I'm feeling from him. Guys is who, who's going to be here to have stability, to build something, and to have it to keep continue to run instead of we get a good guy from the NFL, from the Seahawks. He comes, make Ja'Cory Harris look decent. Make Stephen Morris look even better, and then as soon as he leaves, Stephen Morris back in the dumpster, and the program spiraling down here. All right, we'll see. You're not. You're. You're. You're right. A lot of what you're saying is very true. So, I but, mean, I, I just, but I just think we got to wait and see who he hires. Then we can discuss yeah. it ad nauseum. Yeah, I just think this is last. This is last hurrah. This is last go. Fifty-five. He got ten years to make yep. his name great. And he can do that now. He this is tailor made for him. I agree. I know this is, it's, I, it's I been, he may not realize that he decisions. might still be bitter about getting fired at Georgia, but I think this job's better for him. I doubt it's, it. I, he'll move on type of guy. I know he believes he's a spiritual guy. So he believes nothing. In Georgia. This, huh? this, this 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 job is better for him than Georgia. This might really it's be bad. God. You know, God him. might really way be showing his way like he God. believes. Man, this is can't miss. He, this is legacy. Yeah, if he puts so, a good staff uh, together, it should be can't miss. All right, let me let some other people get on here. You have yeah, a great go ahead, Christmas. go ahead, go ahead. Just keep me on hold. Yeah, I will. You have a great Christmas with your family. Give us a call next Wednesday night. All right, let's go to the four zero four. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Oh, Gary, thank you very much. This is your boy Uki O eight man. What's, What's good? What's up, Uki? What you got? Oh uh, man, you know I just want to uh, make comment. On a, the last caller, you know what I'm saying? He was talking about, uh, I guess, some of the recruits not really seeming to talk about Miami being late to the game and all that. But I'm going to just say this. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people got to understand Mike Rick ain't going to just make a whole bunch of recruits just jump at Miami. Miami's been relevant for the past 10, 12 years now. And, yeah, a lot of recruits will, will flip to, to Florida for what, you know what I'm saying? But you got to think about Florida's had recent success. Florida's been in the spotlight for the last 10, 7, 6, 8 years, whatever. So it's different. And it's the SEC all, all together. You know what I'm saying? They're the most powerful conference. They can get whatever they want right now. Miami's got to show and prove. And, you know what I'm saying, most people talk about 10-11 win season. It's all good, but it's got to be a 10-11 win season that actually makes some noise with some quality wins. And, uh, and you know, then you will see recruits start taking Miami serious. Yeah, my, we, you know what I'm saying? These kids don't remember what happened in 01 or before that. These kids know what's going on right now. And what's going on right now is Alabama, is Michigan State, is Ohio State. These are the top ten, top tier programs right now. Miami is nowhere in that, in that echelon, man. We got to crawl our way back, and until we have a a a a, a top ten, top five type season, you're gonna to continue to see these kids be on the borderline about Miami because yeah, Mark Rick has uh, uh has a, a history of producing in top 
players, and, and you know, and he's done a great job at Georgia. But that's Georgia, and he was fired from Georgia. So now it's a what see approach. What he going to do at UM? And I think you know that's 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 what's going to get Miami over the hump. Period. And Gary, um, another thing I want to say before for you, um, I hang up with you. I think a lot of people got to understand, you know what I'm saying? I was I was born in South Florida, but I grew up in Atlanta. But I think a lot of people have to understand that with a lot of these coaches, like you were mentioning, like a lot of these assistant coaches, man, they're they used to living in these uh, small towns, these college-type towns. Miami, Miami is hell of expensive to live in, man. The cost of living in South Florida is through the roof. So, yeah, even though, yeah, you're offering these guys a lot of money to come down there and play, it's still – the money that they can, they can, if they can make the, that same amount of money or better living in Georgia and not spend that much money on a house or sending their kids to school, I mean, that, you know, they, I think they're looking at it from a financial standpoint instead of not, not necessarily like a career standpoint, especially if a guy like Lily, who's, you know what I'm saying, who's been around the game for a while or been around Rick for a while, you know what I mean? I don't well, think they necessarily my, look My guess is it's more lifestyle choice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's more, it's more a lifestyle thing, and I, I think you know what I'm saying. Like you know, like I was saying, like the cost of living in Athens, Georgia, compared to Miami, Florida, is it, no comparison, man. It's yeah, no but, comparison, but, it, you know? but I mean, money aside, I mean, I've lived in the city my whole life. I, I mean, you tell me that I'm that you ask me if I want to go to Athens, Georgia, for a new job. I have zero. Well, I'm, I, well, I mean, I, I feel I feel you on that, Gary. But I'm, you know, what I'm saying like I don't get customs there. You know, but I mean, it works all ways, is what I'm saying. Like I'm a city guy. I have no interest in going and living in that. Exactly. Georgia. You've been you've been you've been in Miami or South Florida your long. I don't say your whole life, but that's what you know. You know what I mean? But somebody, if I'm up in, you know, what I'm saying I'm up in my upper forties, or you know, what I'm saying I'm in my fifties. You know what I'm saying? I ain't looking for that type of lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, Miami has a reputation of being a kind of a rough city, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, and then go back to your point about the diva-ish ways of some of the South Florida kids, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and dealing with some of these diva-ish high school coach, uh, South Florida coaches, you know what I'm saying? A lot of them guys probably don't want to deal with all that, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of politics yeah. in Miami. It di- di- different than what it is compared to Georgia, where you know what I'm saying a lot of them guys is kind of loyal homeschool. You know what I mean? It's the same thing in Texas. You know what I'm saying? We loyal either you're going to Texas UT or you're going to Texas Tech or Texas A or maybe Oklahoma. But other than that, you know what I'm saying it's it's, it's a different ball game in South Florida. You know what I'm saying? It's politics and 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 it's, and it's all about what you can do for them. So my whole thing is, you know what I'm saying, like, if people, you know what I'm saying, you're looking for these recruits to jump on back on Miami brandwagon, Miami got to show and prove, man. And and if they do go in this coming season, therefore you're going to see a lot of recruits jump on that bandwagon, trust me. But uh, I just want to say Merry Christmas to everybody on the board. Merry Christmas to you, uh, Gary, and thank you for taking my call. And good night, man. Same to you, man. Thank you, as always, for being part of the show. Let's go to the 864 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? It's G-Town. Hey, what's up, G-Town? Talk to us. So, um, I'm going to ask you a question. Just uh, Well, I'm going to make a statement. You tell me if it's not true. Um, majority, I would say majority of the fan base, this, this really, in the, you know, keeping up with this 
we're starting to hang our hat on this defense of the coordinator hire. Mm-hmm. Really, no really starting to focus on it. I mean, <clears throat> you see it on the big. board. I mean, it's most, everything. Most I, you know, I, I think with Mark Rick, you have a comfort level that the offense is going to be okay. But the defense is everything now, and that's why I think you're seeing that. Let me ask you a question. What do you think? Do you think as every day goes by, it's it's um put more of a hamper on him being able to turn this class around from a defense standpoint? No, not at all. It's a dead period right now. Kids can't visit anywhere or anything, so they've got a few more weeks here to get their act together. The bowl game will happen. The team will come back. The coaches will come back. Mark Richt will tell everybody who's being kept and who's not being kept. New staffers will be brought in. Everything will get put in place. They'll spend the first 10 days of January getting getting a game plan together, getting organized for the last three weeks of recruiting, and then they go out and recruit like maniacs and see where it leads them. I think everything's fine. It's it's exactly what it should be. Yeah, um, I just want to say that I was talking. I got a friend of mine he's from Michigan. We were talking about um, Michigan last year, and um, and when Harbaugh came in, he came in late too. I think he came in a little bit later than Rick. As a matter of fact, um, yep. and uh, he his class it didn't turn out all that great. It didn't. It didn't have a lot of people, and um, it, it wasn't all that great, but. I mean, um, they had a decent Miami season this year. Miami is way further you, along in its recruiting than where Michigan was when yeah, Harbaugh. Yeah. yeah, what I was just going to say was that you see the season they had, though. I mean, it wasn't all, it wasn't spectacular, but you could see a significant difference in the team. And now look at his recruiting class. No doubt. So I would I would say that our best hope is, uh, you know, next year. You know, you really see a difference in the way the team is overall, and then and then it'll change. As long as he's gotten, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't expect a whole lot. I mean, I do. I'll be honest. I told myself two weeks ago, you know, you know, you got to give him time. You know, you're gonna have to wait. But in the but but in the and I'm telling myself that. But in the meantime, I'm looking every day to see who this defensive coordinator is gonna be because it's it's that critical. But at the same time, you know, I, I hope that he. He gets somebody that you know is 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 a good fit for us. But you know, he can do all things. He's a great coordinator, um, a good teacher, um, and it really don't matter where he comes from. It just needs to be somebody that's that's really good, you know, that can really scheme well and knows what he needs to do and um, has a plan. You know, it, I I know you keep saying it. That you think is coming from the NFL because of the, of the weight, but I don't, I don't. I well, don't know. no, that's not I, what I, I, I didn't say. It's because of the weight. I said it's because you know we have heard that he might be looking in the NFL for defensive coaches. That's all. It's, so, it's not. Are you saying? That, well, let me ask you this then. Are you saying that's that's where he's looking, or it's just no? He, I'm he, saying he, that he's, he's dibbling there and he's dibbling in the college. You know what I'm saying? Like, is he looking in both places, or is he just pointing straight toward the? The NFL is, is what my know. question to you is. We don't know. What we've heard is yeah. that he's he's looking into the NFL for defensive coaches. That's what we've heard. Yeah. Now, does that mean he's going to get them? Does that mean he's going to? That's who he's going to hire? No, he might hire college guys, but that's just what we've heard at this point. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what is your what's your opinion on this? We need to keep a couple of coaches. I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't. 
I'll be honest. Let me just run this by you. What if we keep two coaches? And then just any two, it don't matter. And then, you know, they, they, they're position coaches. And something doesn't go right with the – something. it's all going to be different, right? Everything's going to change. Let's say a couple of the players don't like it. Maybe one of the coaches don't, don't like what's going on. What's going to happen then? You know, it, it can be it can be bad or it can be good. But I think it, replacing everybody has more of a benefit than keeping, you know, some, in my opinion. We don't need to keep anybody. I mean, people keep saying we need the word need. We don't. We don't. We got Rick can do whatever he wants to do, but we don't necessarily need to, in my opinion. Can we? Yes. Will it be okay? Maybe. But we don't need to. We don't. We don't. I mean, it's a new head coach. He can bring in whoever he wants to. He can do whatever he wants. He can bring in all brand new people. I'm, I, I think that would be better. In my, that's just my opinion. But keeping a couple would be okay too. But we, it's not a must that we keep a couple of people because I agree with the guy called earlier. He was, he, you know, nobody was saying we need to keep this person, this person, this person before Al Golden got fired. Nobody was saying that. So. Mm-hmm. I just don't get the whole, you know, we need to keep a couple of things. I mean, it, I know, like, ice, he, he might have an effect, but at the same time, I mean, this running back coach is coming down here. I mean, he's he, he going to have his own pool, too, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think Rick, with, with Rick being in charge of the offense, he's in charge of the coach, the QBs, going to be calling the plays, the offense just explodes. We should, yeah, well, that's what I was just saying. Yeah, that's that's oh, why everybody's yeah, so exactly. focused on defense because right. there's a feeling that the offense is, is going to be okay. All right, you got anything else for us tonight? Yeah. I want to try to get a few that's more it. people on here before we go home. No, Merry Christmas to you. All right, man. Have a great Christmas. Give us a call again next Wednesday night. Let's go to the 678 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing, man? Doing good. Who's this? Hey, this is Zeke, man, from Atlanta, man. What you got for us? Zeke, let me ask you, let me ask you a couple of questions, man. You know, I, I kind of agree with the guy just got through saying. I mean, I don't think we really need to uh, keep anybody. I think it's a, it's a good idea. I think a couple of guys on the team, I mean, on the coaching staff, deserves another shot, like Scott. And I also, you know, I, I think Cooley and, and Beard and uh, Beard probably. Let me ask you a couple of questions. And just, you know, I got a couple of coaches here. Uh, you know, you're talking about, you know, Shannon Barrow. And Martinez, how do you how do you how do you feel about this coach? Do you think can you see Shannon getting another shot at you know probably being a defensive coordinator or Barrel from NFL, you know coming back and you know maybe having a shot at a defensive coordinator? You know as far as Martinez, when you talk about you know a defensive coordinator, I'm not going to say I see him as a defensive coordinator, but I think he would probably be a a good fit as a defensive back coach. What do you think about that? I mean, from from the the, the last that I've heard, <clears throat> none none of those guys are really on the radar screen. That's just, most of that's just fans speculating. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you think about Jim Jim Levitt from you know they used to be at uh, South Florida? I think that's his last name. I mean, it, it's a sexy name. People are obsessed with him. But mm-hmm. there's no evidence that Mark Richt is looking there. I mean, it's just purely been people guessing right now, to this point. Okay, okay, all right. Well, that's that's fair, man. I just wanted to, you know, get your take, what you're hearing, and you know, just kind of go from there, man. Uh, yeah, there's you know, been nothing, risk- absolutely nothing on defensive on these defensive coaches. Uh, uh, you know, 
in terms of coordinators or anything like that? It's pretty wow. surprising. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I'm a I'm a defensive guy myself, so you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of, you know, kind of got my got me on my on the edge, kind of, you know, trying to figure out who who's he going to bring, and you know, I think that's the the number one importance right now. I think like like everybody else is feeling that the offensive side is probably going to be okay. I think it's a defensive thing they need to work on. I still think there's a couple of, you know, positions still on the offense. And, and you know, I'm a, I'm a man for Art Kehoe as well. But I think, you know, even if he was to, you know, leave, I think they need to find a, a, a place for him because he, you know, he did a good job for, you know, the, the many years that he's been there. But, you know, I still think that can be a, a change as well. But, you know, you just have to see see what happens. All righty. Fair enough. You have a great Christmas. Hey, same to you, Gary. We'll talk to you. Give us a call next week. All right, let's go rapid fire, guys. We'll go over time here for a few minutes. Let's go to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Yep, that's you. Hello? Yep, who's this? Hey, what's up, Gary? Uh, this is Kane Fever. What's up, Kane Fever? Talk to us. Uh, this is my first time actually getting on L, but um, I wanted to talk to you um, because – I agree with a lot of the callers that said we don't need to keep no coach. Um, I fully trust Mark Rick. Um, I think it was a homer or higher. And, um, I mean, like he said at his press conference, he said he's a better coach today than he was 15 years ago. I hate to say this, but trust the process. I mean, this guy, I mean, he hired Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, that, that did not work out. But this is a guy who should have been in the national championship. Um, I like I like I like the direction that we're going as a program. I mean, we're trying to spend money now, so that's a you know a step up, and um, sort of speak. And um, Michael Barrow, I think we should try to bring him back as a position coach. I think he left with a nasty taste in his mouth about the um, Al Golden era. Um, I think he'll be an exceptional. I ain't safe for no DC. I don't. I just like I say I trust Mark with whatever he he decides to do, but um, one other thing, Gary, I wanted to mention. I think I think uh, Mark Rich should try to touch. Uh, he should try to get a recruit a recruiter for uh, Louisiana. I heard a caller talking about it earlier. Um, I agree with him. Like Louisiana, to me, next to Florida, they have that swagger that's made for Miami football. And I, I, I mean, like Speedy Noyle, he at Texas A&M, like these type of guys, they are Miami, Miami type of players. And a lot of New Orleans players, you know, grew up liking Miami. And um, you know, I just feel like we should dig deep into that area and that state and start trying to really, you know, if we're gonna go outside of Florida, let's go to Louisiana. I think. I, um, I agree. It's LSU yeah. and nobody in that state. Yeah, exactly. It's a great, I mean, it's a great state and, to attend. You know, a lot of, and a lot of the players, I mean, they still rave about Ed Reed because you know he's from uh, Louisiana. So it's yep. just like I love, I love Louisiana players. Like Florida first, Louisiana second to me. I mean, no, no disrespect to nobody out there, but um, I also like that um the the Wally kid, the um the running back from Texas. Um, I think he'll be a perfect fit down here in Miami. We have not had a a strong physical back like that. Um, I mean, since Willis McGahee. And, um, I mean, if we could get that kid down here in Mark Ridge's system, I mean, the sky's going to be the limit here. I think we can win nine or ten games at the Coastal. And, um, man, I'm just looking forward. I'm excited. 
I'm about to be a first-time season ticket holder, so, I mean, I'm excited, Gary. I ain't got no complaints. I just I just hope we dig deeper into Louisiana, man. Sounds good. You got anything else tonight? Uh, that's it, Gary. Thank you. I love the show. All right. Happy holidays, and uh, I'll call back next week. You got it, man. Glad you decided. All right, I will. I'm glad you decided to call in. Let's go to the 317. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Going once, going twice. All right, let's go to the 318. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Jerry, it's that poor city Kane again. Is that you know I'm, I'm right back on here again. Uh, I just want to say Merry Christmas to you, Happy Holidays, and everything else. But uh, I agree with the last caller. You know, Louisiana is a good place. You know, and people uh, be talking about Ed Reed, but don't forget about Reggie Wayne. You know, we had some uh, really good uh, players to come from there. I just wanted to chime in on uh, what they were saying about the coaches. I hope that he evaluated and just get the best coach that he can get. You know, I, and, you know, everybody, uh, when you say, well, I need a totally new philosophy about everything, yeah, that could be good. But then that could be bad because, you know, just like you said, uh, it's it's a lot of relationships that are there and the things of it. it and you may want to say that I want to just totally scrap it. But if you want to totally scrap it, you still got players that were recruited by these guys. And just having kind of a liaison there and the rest of because I think that all of those coaches are going to know who the boss is. Ain't none of those coaches going to come in there and do no Pruitt job or anything like that. They know that they who the boss is. They're going to be grateful for uh, the opportunities that they're being given, uh, and I know that they'll do best. I just want to reiterate what I've been saying the last couple of weeks. The biggest key for us is this year we have to fix the line of scrimmage, and it may take a little while for us to fix the line of scrimmage, but we're going to have to fix the line of scrimmage. Another thought that I had, and I'm hurrying up out the phone, is – I don't know what about our chances with that number one tight end. I'd like to see him uh, in green and orange. I think if we do, I think that the guy who we got last year, we should consider moving no, some he, of these guys to He's new probably position. going to Georgia. He's not coming to Miami. Well, but, you know, I, I, and another thing, back in the day, I, back in the day when we were really great, you would see guys, analyze a guy, and really recruit a guy who they had another position in mind for. Just like I said, I've been saying a couple of weeks, we got to get more physical, straight up to good, and you know, from our center and both guards, we got to get some road graders up there, and we got to get more athletic on the offensive line. Until we do those things, then we won't be able to compete with the guys like Florida State and the Clemsons and the Alabamas because we just don't have the athletes to compete with them. Uh, but uh, on the recruiting side, I was happy to see that defensive tackle that we had down in uh, Louisiana. You know, hopefully we can get some help there. But another thing, I don't want to see not one more JUCO player. I mean, maybe JUCOs work for other teams, but the JUCO hadn't been good for us. The JUCO done juked us because I'm talking about from Bo Sandlin to even uh, the defensive tackle we have now. And I, I, I think that I don't know what it is about what they do, but the way they analyze the JUCOs either is something about they never get accustomed to the speed of the game or it's so much separation in those JUCO ranks between the good guys and the rest of the guys to where they never push to the limit when they get to here. It's just like they're deer in headlights, like they're in shock and awe that these guys are this athletic, they can move this quick. I just don't want to – I can take the coaches, but 
but I don't think, and I and I know you feel this way, but I don't think I want to see another JUCO player. We just hadn't had any success with it. Maybe it's just a well, guy who was analyzing. Right now, they could be an asset. You know, you need uh, a JUCO corner. It would would be a, a a great thing to have for next season. No, let's let's not make a mistake. You got all these freshman kids that have never played before. So I, I like the idea of a JUCO corner. I wouldn't mind seeing a JUCO linebacker and a JUCO O lineman. Uh, they have a place when you have a need for somebody to come in and play immediately, and you have young players at that position. But you're right. You're not. You know. You don't want too many. Yeah, but I'm talking about, but but we ain't had any a whole lot of success with it. These guys ain't none of these guys. Well, they world do. I mean, Cortez Kennedy, Bryant McKinney. I mean, there well, are guys. I'm not, talking, I'm not talking about back in the day. I'm not talking about the West. We had we Wesley Carroll was a uh, was a JUCO guy. Yeah, but, I, I mean, mean, I'm just saying. I'm not talking. About, I'm not talking about back in the day. I'm not talking about back in the day. I'm it doesn't about, matter back in the day right or now. now. The key is picking the right ones. Yeah, and I think what 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 really went goes into it is whether or not this guy was a. Some of the time you get a JUCO guy that really has an elite level of athleticism and skill, but his grades were lacking, so he needed to go take the JUCO route for it. But I'm talking about some of the time you get JUCO players who weren't very good in high school, and maybe they got coached up some, and they look better. They look better than other JUCO guys. But when you put them in a D1, ACC, SEC, Pac-12 situation, they don't perform well. They just don't perform. They just serviceable at best. You know, they ain't going to never be no world beater. And then when you get in there, in some of these games, you can have some serviceable guys, but every now and then you need an upper echelon guy. And I know what you're saying. We've had it in the past, but in the Al Golden era, we didn't really see no whole lot of world beaters that came out of there. I mean, you you got some scholarship in people's names who I won't mention that basically we got zero out of. You know, we got really nothing out of. But uh, just like I say, and another thing, another point, I'm getting off the phone. I like the fact that Mark Rick was already recruiting this area. That we didn't get a coach that was transplanted from another section of the of the of the country. I think that that was the biggest part of what hurt Al Golden on recruiting. That he brought all these guys in but he didn't really have guys who had ties in this region. And that Louisiana, that Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, all those regions there, the D guys really were very unfamiliar with the coaches and the players and the rest of it. And those relationships take a whole long time to build in order for a coach to say, hey, look, and even the coach sometimes saying, well, you know, I don't feel real sure about this coach even because I'm not real familiar with him. But, you know, it's good that the salesman that we got is already have been selling himself to in this area already. So he should be able to be successful in it. I just hope he gets the right coaches. I hope we can fix the line of scrimmage. And if we fix the line of scrimmage, if we just do, if he just does that one task, we are instantaneously a 10 win team period. Bar none. It, no, it, it, that, it should it, be it, that way. We'll, we'll see what happens. At least a 10 win season. But I, hey, I want I you to have more, happy I got holidays. Two more guys. Listen, I got two more guys I want okay, to try to get on tonight. Give, give us a call next Wednesday, okay? Okay, then. All right. You you got it. All right, let's go to the 772. You're on Kane Sport Live. You with us? All right, going once, twice, three times. All right, last call of the night, the 541. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. This is Eric from Oregon. How you doing? What's up, Eric? How you doing this evening? I'm good. Uh, first time caller. I just want to say I appreciate you. Appreciate the show. 
really gives me uh, uh, a connection to my team being all the way out in the West Coast. But I just got a couple of questions. Uh, what's going on with the practice facility, the indoor practice facility? And also, is it more talks about getting the stadium closer to the university? And you can I just mean, put me on a hole. There's always – you got it. There's always people that talk about a stadium, but I don't see it happening in the near term. When it does happen, I, I think Tropical Park is the only logical place, and, and that's where they'd have to pursue that. In terms of the indoor practice facility, they are starting to fundraise and, and, and take pledges for that and, and do some different things, but I don't think that the construction of that is, is imminent uh, to me. I mean, I think it's that's going to be more of like a, a 2017 target, maybe, if they're successful raising the initial chunk of money. And so we'll see how that goes here in the coming months. But I do think it's something that they're serious about unless Mark Rick tells them, I don't want it. So, and I have not heard that. So I, I, I do believe that they have started raising money for that. All right. I want to thank everybody for participating in the show tonight. Obviously a Merry Christmas to you all and, and your families and have, have, have a great time the next few days uh, spending time with your family. We got the bowl game on Saturday. Um, First few days of next week, I'll be in Orlando at the Under Armour All-Star Game practices. Keep an eye on the website for tons of content. From there, we'll be doing interviews with a lot of the players and things like that. We'll shoot back down here to to South Florida on Wednesday, and then Wednesday night we'll do our next Kane Sport Live show. We'll talk about the bowl game and and what I saw up at the Under Armour. So as everybody gets ready um, to celebrate uh, Christmas, I've got a little song here I'll leave you with. And I'll see everybody next Wednesday night. Good night, everybody. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, your troubles will be out of
so happy yourself I'm happy little Christmas Now 